Hello, and welcome to another episode of I'm Thinking of Spoiling Things, a The Twin Geeks production starring, that's right, we get actual, like, top billing now, myself, Stephen, and my good friend, Vaughan. Hey, Vaughan, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. I just got back from the cinema. I'll talk about that at the end, I think, in our recommendation ah. section, um, where I might sneak in two recommendations very, very sneakily, um, but we'll hold that for then, um, because we have a whole multiverse to attack today. Yes, we do. A Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, directed mm. by Sam Raimi. Yeah, the kind of film that puts Sam Raimi as director to trick you to seeing a sequel to a film you don't like. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I guess let's sort of start with, uh, we, have already, we have already talked about sort of our larger Marvel yeah. experience since we had the Eternals podcast, but did. I guess we can go specifically, specifically into Doctor Strange. What are your thoughts on Doctor Strange as a film? Um, it sucks. Like, it absolutely sucks. <laughs> I haven't seen it probably since it came out. Um, I, my score for it is certainly too high. It's it's not good. Um, one of those that only gets worse the more that I think about it and the longer it, you know, exists you know, in my mind. Weirdly contradict myself because I'm going to recommend a movie at the end, which um, I'll contextualize more later, but I'm going to recommend a movie because this movie steals its title from that movie, um, In the Mouth of Madness. Um, so In the Mouth of Madness, here's my hypocritical stance. That movie is so great because, like, the protagonist is an absolute arsehole and it leans into the protagonist being an arsehole, and that film's great. But I'm about to say that Doctor Strange, the protagonist is an arsehole and it's so annoying. Well, if you're going to have, right, if you're going to have a protagonist that's an asshole, you have to. I I don't know if the Marvel movies are as self aware as something like Mouth of Madness is obviously very self aware about the fact that that guy's an asshole, but. Doctor Strange just as a character is an asshole but the movie doesn't the movies don't really care that he is Mm. I was I've said this so many times but I'm going to parrot out again like I was so amazed when I watched Strange so I watched it very very late and I had only seen him in other movies I was like oh he's the wizard man he's the the special wizard man and to then find out that he's not special wizard man he's just dude that went to wizard school right I was absolutely astonished. And this leads to my biggest Marvel theory of why don't they send everybody to wizard school? Literally everybody. Why isn't the Hulk at wizard school? There's really no reason. And they even, to jump right into spoilers, even at the end of Multiverse of Madness, mm-hmm. they're teaching another superhero those skills. So why yes. don't, ju- why don't they just teach hurt. everybody? <laughs> it can't hurt for everyone to have basic wizardry. <laughs> if it turns out that right. they do it. At least it- give them all the the brass knuckles that let them travel through the world yeah. in an instant. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. And yeah. Um, Dr. Strange, the first one, it completely sucks. Um, it has obvious issues with its casting, um, with Tilda Swinton, that being a huge problem. Um, it's got some gifted actors in boring roles. Um, you've got a bit of Mickelson in there, if I remember correctly. I do like Mads itself. Mickelson in that movie, but yeah, it, well, it's he's, not good. He's always good. I mean, I read your review of a recent movie with Mads Mickelson in, and again, there's <laughs> that, that, that refrain of, well, he's right. good, but blah. Um, yeah. He's great. Am I correct in remembering that Tilda Swinton has expressed her regret for playing that role, or am I incorrect in that? Um, Let's presume that she has. Actually, let's not presume. I would look it up at some point. Um, Uh, Yeah, I probably should have have researched that beforehand. Um, I feel like in my memory that happened at some point, but I could be wildly off base. It it, it gets a bit conflated in my mind because it was so close to the Ghost in the Shell controversy. Um, And I know... Um, that that has been spoken about like um, Scarlett Johansson has spoken about that um, and it's kind of been like weird you didn't realize at the time but fine right. um, so I, yeah, I don't know about Tilda um, Tilda is an interesting one um, not always someone that I 
like to see interviewed and talk, but then also one of the greatest actors of all time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely stunning. Um, good in those souvenirs. However, she's very good at acting as the mum of her actual daughter. <laughs> it seems like that would be an easy task, but I'm sure it's surprisingly more difficult. Yeah, you know, yeah. people often are bad at playing themselves. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, so, um, that's Dr. Strange. Sam Raimi. The real I... appeal. Right. I, I I mean, absolutely attaching Sam Raimi to this is an easy way. I think for any, especially people who are in cinematic spheres, but also people who are in comic book spheres, because he's got so much acclaim for directing those Spider-Man movies, which people and have such fondness for. And Dark Man. Um, admittedly, I'm not a huge fan of the original Spider-Man movies. Oh my um, god, I thought you were going to say not a huge fan of like Sam Raimi has been like... Okay, oh no, that's... <laughs> the Evil Dead. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> um, I do love the Evil Dead series. Um, but mm. those Spider-Man movies, I'm, I'm not too hot on. I know people have a ton of admiration for them. I don't think that they're bad in any way. And certainly there's a lot to be said for how much style that he does insert into those. Like, mm. like them or not, they are absolutely Sam Raimi movies. And that is their strength, despite my problems with them. Um, Really Which I think I've not revisited either since I watched them as a child. Um, so I watched oh, yeah. Spider Man for my like eleventh birthday. Like we like rented it or whatever. Um, I remember. Here's a, here's a bizarre story. I remember. Um, so we have strange age ratings in in this country. So you have a twelve. So because mm. um, you you go straight from like PG thirteen to R, don't you? Yes. Whereas we have PG twelve, fifteen, eighteen, which is why. Lots of times Americans like talk about how weird how a film gets cut or retains an R rating. I'm like, it's getting cut for the European audience. Like there are there are other markets. <laughs> right. Like, why they cut this film down? It's pretty R's like, yes, it will still be R, but it wants a 15. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is why it's happening. Um, so there you go. Americans take that. Um, so Spider-Man caused a bit of controversy um because it's given a 12 rating. Um, it may now have been lowered to a PG, but it was one of the first big superhero movies. And there was a, so much conversation about, I want to take my child to see Spider-Man and they can't. My kid loves Spider-Man. And Spider-Man is more of like a, it's not just for kids, right. but is one of the more like all ages superheroes. Yeah, uh, there, is a, there is a youthful energy and obviously sometimes is presented as like high schooler, teenager, like sometimes above. Um, to the extent that... Um, Around that time, they introduced a new rating. Uh, it might have been, it was very influenced by Spider-Man. Um, they'd made it a 12A, which meant that if you had an adult with you, you could go. Okay. And my brother um, was 12 at the time. That made me 10. He was being like, ha, I'm going to get to see Spider-Man and you can't. And then, <laughs> bam, I could. So it was, he was like, yeah, I can see it. And then they changed the rating and I could go see it. So oh, awesome. I always love Spider-Man for that. And then, yeah, Spider-Man 2 saw it a lot when it came out i had the spider-man 2.5 dvd that had the deleted scenes in it with jj jameson going wild loved them then haven't revisited them um have since discovered sam raimi um the evil dead one is one of my favorite films of all time a very formative film in me loving cinema and horror cinema specifically um i really love drag me to hell that rules. oh interesting um oh, it's a really fun movie um Simple Plan, very, very good. Quick and the Dead is okay. Uh, it's good, but it's not great. Dark Man, again, good, not great. Um, have not seen Oz the Great and the Powerful. Um, don't um, I have. I think I saw that in the theaters when it came out. And that was one of those where even though I was younger, I was like, yeah, this is really bad. Uh, that's not a good movie. <laughs> um, Never great, not powerful. Which may be a bit of a, a sign as to 
current day Sam Raimi not being able to make uh, as much of a coherent studio blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, yeah, yes. your, your point is of being like the Spider-Man movies, you're right, there is divergence of opinion, but they feel right. They have love and personality and cinema in them. They they, they are cool, they're exuberant. Right. And I think that's because those were kind of before the ex- mm. real explosion of comic book movies. So oh, studios yeah. were more inclined to just be like, you know, have the reins, do whatever you want, make it yours. And now that we're in this this mode of we know the studios know exactly what they need and exactly what they want to generate the most money. So they're in, exerting much more influence over these directors and it barely means anything. It's it's actually quite hard to convey this now because like now like Marvel merchandise is everywhere, but this was back when you would be like stigmatized and they bullied for being like into things like right. Spider-Man and X-Men. Like that was nerdy in a different way, not in like the rise of nerddom to kind of like a mainstream nerddom. Exactly. Like, I had friends who were like, into spider-man and would look down upon and these movies come out and kind of like culturally legitimize it and trying to i remember the first x-men film came out and like people that had no interest in x-men going to see it i'm like why are you going to see an x-men <laughs> how bizarre um but there you go now we live in a, a strange new world which i have complicated feelings about yes commodification of nerddom um totally fair um for another time yeah sometimes <laughs> people, people sometimes i don't know obviously there are wider wider spheres where spaces and communities are more important but also i feel this is another case where there was something that meant something because of a, a more niche appeal that actually spoke to people and i feel we've lost that in making it the most mainstream thing ever yeah i would totally agree and i think that especially i wanted to get into sort of just the latest run of marvel movies i think that this latest run especially really speaks to that where it's just the way that it's constructed is so broadly appealing and Every single moment is like, look at this thing and look at this thing and look at this thing. And it's like barely any of it matters anymore. It just seems so inconsequential at this point yeah. because of how generalized it's all become. Well, it's like, imagine if like you had that wonderful thing, which was really, really good. And I, and I was very excited by the time. It was like these movies that co- cohesively built to a thing, the first Avengers right. movies, it, it, it felt really, really sensible. And they had a very clear roadmap of, okay, and then that is exactly. leading to this whole infinity stuff and i don't like the infinity stuff that much but the universe helped that story it didn't help side stories it meant that i got really annoyed because i realized the thor ragnarok and then um infinity war started by trampling right. over the ending of thor ragnarok in a way that really really irritated me and put me off that film um but at least that made sense and now it's just been like I don't know, <laughs> like right. they all fit together, I guess. And now they've become rather than guided by a universe, they're like so restrained by it and so constrained yeah. by it. It is so absurd. It reminds me of what happened with Star Wars, basically, of being like, let's make a trilogy. Let's not plan it. Let's just make three movies. Let's make yeah. one movie, another one, and then a third one. Why not? Do they leak? No, not really. And it really does feel like there's no plan anymore. And I think that partially that's by design. I think they wanted to move away from. Yeah. Moving towards one specific event. I think because you can't really do that again. Like Thanos, Thanos is such like a, such an event in terms of the character and who he is and what everything he was doing that you can't really just recreate that. Yeah. And really one up it. Like they, Oh my god, yeah, they went in early with like multiverse is gonna get destroyed. (laughs) And I'm sure that comic book fans could tell me all the many villains that are more powerful than Thanos and could pose a greater threat, but I think that doesn't necessarily yeah, work it's a for, cinematic stakes thing right. being like we've already done the world ending peril arc and to do it again would just be like compared to and be like okay we're out of ideas um, so so i think it's fair that they're not necessarily 
all doing the same thing anymore. But at the same time, now it just feels like a total mess. And I don't know what the purpose of any of it is. You know, I think all of these movies, they now are starting to tease the next thing, but I don't know what the next thing is because Mm -hmm. now we've gone so far away from the stuff that people know that every tease is for something that Oh, you have to, it's I don't, made to be Googled. They're, right. made, they're literally made for yeah, you to go, who is I, I the character? I don't know whoever is looking at those and going, I know exactly who that is. And this movie does that. Multiverse mm. of Madness absolutely yeah, no, does. Definitely if you, if you stay for like, the, yeah, that, that credit scene, I, you don't know who that character is. And we talked about it in Eternals, where the end scene is just like, look at that. Uh, it's Harry Styles. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you don't know who it is. And it's the same thing here. It's like, look, it's Charlize Theron. I don't know who it is. It's, it's like, just oh, a person that I like, right? <laughs> um, so it's pretty bad. Um, yeah, I don't know I'm what working, anything's looking for anymore. I'm working sporadically on a a Stax video essay on the whole Marvel stuff because I'm, I'm very intrigued by it. But basically my, my premise is this idea of being like, with infinite possibilities, there's become actually zero um, right. actual reality. It's become what should be so open has made a prison around it. Because the, the problem every time is, if something big happens, why isn't everybody there? Yes. Which is always going to be an issue. And also, you can't do that because of you're making a, a literal movie. So you can't just have everyone there all right. the time. Um, and also, it's led to this trend of the last few films of being self-contained is good. I like a self-contained film, but self-contained does not mean you set up the stakes within the movie and you wrap them up to the extent that the movie didn't even need to happen. Right. And that's become the trend for these Marvel movies. I've been like, we set up threat. We didn't try to threat. Threat is gone. Movie is pointless. I think No Way Home is the worst of that. Being like, okay, well, we're exactly where we're at the beginning. Um, well, although I was going to, I would actually say differently because as much as I don't love No Way Home, um, it does do slightly different with the stakes because they set up the whole now nobody knows Peter Parker anymore. It does influence the universe in a wider way. Was, but that's but that, no, that's part of my point of like they tease this huge plot thing as a last minute thing of being like everyone knows Peter Parker is and they just solve it. Within them was like, okay, so what was the point then? Okay, so that's, why, even, yeah. why even do that? <laughs> if you're just going like, yeah, to right. film go back, it's like that was because you're right, Vaughn, but that's where we were. That's where we were. <laughs> you're right. Until, I like, didn't think a about that before the ending of that film. Like, why <laughs> no, that's even very bother? True. Right. <laughs> so, yes, we're back to Spider Man being Spider Man. Wow. Great job, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we didn't talk about No Way Home. Uh, I don't think either of us like it I like it more than you do, um, which is a uh, yeah. of both movies, apparently. <laughs> um, I do not like uh, Multiverse of Madness, um, but I mean, I need to, all right, we're going to get into it, but I need to I need to throw a thing at you first. Okay. Are you seriously telling me that this movie is worse than Eternals? Uh, I did. I actually went back. I had to change my Eternal score because it Thank was too God. high. <laughs> I had been kind of putting it off. Like I don't. I don't generally like to change my score. Yeah, because yeah, um, it reflects I, a time. Right. More than I like the movie. to. If I want to change my score, I want to revisit it and actually yeah. reanalyze it. But I was like, no, Eternals is one not worth revisiting, and two, I was just too generous when I saw it, and it absolutely deserved one star. Um, so I did go back and I just went up and changed that. Because it's terrible. It is yeah. one of the worst yeah. Marvel movies, if not the worst. Yeah, I'd say it's the worst. Um, but you really, really, really hate this movie. I really did not like it. And I think, you know, it's it's hard to not be influenced in any way by the wider reaction to something. I saw it maybe a week after it came out. And it's difficult because I saw a lot of... Not, I didn't see a lot of people flat out loving it. I don't think no, that's it was really the reaction it. generally... But I saw enough people that enjoyed it, you know, that liked yeah. it and people saying, oh, you can really see Sam Raimi in this movie. And it's actually 
you know, it's like got Middle's horror Crossing. in it. <laughs> it's, the, the, let me explain the joke. Have you seen Middle's Crossing? I have not. The joke is there's a cameo from Sam Raimi in that film. So you okay. can actually really see Sam Raimi gotcha. in that film. You can really see him. He's there holding a Tommy gun. <laughs> okay. I guess I need to watch Miller's Crossing now. Oh, you really need to. It's phenomenal. Uh, I have been trying to work through uh, all their movies this year, but uh, anyway, all the Miller's movies. Miller's Crossing. <laughs> yes. Um, where was I? I've lost where my the Miller's train of thought. Miller's, Miller's <laughs> Crossing and where the Miller's. The Miller's verse. <laughs> weird. It's a weird sequel. Where the Miller's. It's, uh, there's a lot um, of crossing and Miller's Crossing. And I guess that, I guess they are the Miller's and with and where the Miller's. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't seen it, did I? <laughs> did see the prequel, um, I guess. What was I talking about? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought now. You said that um, people were saying that you could see Sam Raimi in it. And then I said, yes, like Miller's Crossing. And then we would do the right. same thing again. Um, the multiverse. The, the reaction, I would say, generally wasn't like Eternals came out and the general reaction was pretty outwardly negative. There are people who liked it because there's always people that are going to like these movies. Yeah. But the wider reaction was, yeah, this is bad. And for this, it's not necessarily either way. But pe- most people, at least, I think, liked it, maybe not yeah. loved it. Um, so I had not high expectations, but I was like, okay, if I can watch this movie and feel like it's a movie from Sam Raimi and enjoy it mildly, then that's great. And I just, it's rare that I like feel this way when I'm, especially when I'm in the theater, like just being in the theater, I always kind of feel a little more positive about things, Mm -hmm. but I, I, I feel like I actively hated it. Like the whole time, just, I think the opening scene threw me off so much. The opening scene is terrible. Because the opening scene is, one, it is terrible. It's just kind of nonsense. And mm-hmm. it looks awful. It is maybe one of the worst, like, that. just that scene specifically. The CGI in the whole movie is kind of a mess. But that opening yeah. scene looks worse than maybe anything else in the whole universe. I do think it's a CGI monster later that actually looks quite good early on. The, the tentacle monster, some of the close-ups on that look really nice when they start slashing it open. Yeah. That stuff looks really, really good. But yeah, the opening is, you're right. This is such a video game. I know we keep saying this, but that's because that's become, this is such a video game of film. It's ridiculous. Like It's pretty bad. It it, it, it is, this is like crappy platforming level. This is like weird kind of like PS2 3D platformer, like Ratchet <laughs> and Clank with no personality. Um, oh. as you're just like hopping around across stuff. It reminded me, though I do like this game. Actually, the whole thing reminded me, I, I, I know I'm a real Chad. This is, <laughs> like Bayonetta the entire thing is like Bayonetta but without the sass the personality and like the swagger that's of Bayonetta. a good that's but actually has... an, an interesting way to describe it it does take that sort of the the floaty aesthetic I guess yeah and, and the combat's like Bayonetta like in Bayonetta you're hitting the buttons and I don't know if you play Bayonetta I, I, I love those video games but like you're hammering away at your combos and wild stuff is happening right and it's cool that it's well because you're doing it and you're like okay I don't know how that massive like <laughs> foot of hair just came out I don't know how I just conjured a dragon by pressing like x and y repeatedly but I did and this thing everybody everything all the time all at once oh, yeah. I guess um and you're like if I was doing that in a video game that would be cool but Everyone has like 35,000 powers they can just chuck out. I'm like, I don't know what anyone can do. I don't care what anyone can do. Like this yeah. play would be fun. To watch is just like, well, what's, what's the point? I think that's sort of the, one of the difficulties with Doctor Strange as a character mm. is that his powers are so ill-defined. Like there's no clarity to what exactly he can do. And then Magic. put him up against Wanda, who is basically the same <sighs> thing. Like both characters in this movie have very 
poorly defined abilities and it's hard to keep track of what anyone can do or why and the movie Every doesn't make any character to go they introduce in these movies are like this is the most powerful one yet this is more oh, yeah. powerful than that one this one's gonna destroy everything i'm like that's everyone if everyone right. is everyone in their own way is the most powerful thing this is the could superman beat up batman thing they're like everyone could fight everyone right. i don't care um yeah actually to contextualize Vaughn, tell the people what I did in preparation for this movie, because people told me that I should do. You watched all of WandaVision, which is a very bad television show. It is. Um, and it's annoying because like bits of it are good and interesting in a way that this isn't. Um, I think to an extent, I'm I'm not wholly negative on it as a thing that exists. I quite like that it exists mm-hmm. because I've spoken to, you know, occasionally I speak to teens, not in a creepy way, um, but I've spoken <laughs> well, to teens Well, you are a teacher, it. which is important well, context. <laughs> I've, I've, you know, I would never admit to being a teacher now, um, but, you know, in, in another multiverse, if I were a teacher and talked to multiverse students, um, and, like, there's a whole bunch that really, really, really like WandaVision. And I actually quite, I do support that because I feel like this is, as patronizing as it sounds, it's a great vessel for baby's first message thing baby's first themes thing it is a right. thing that is about something it has cogent character arcs that get ruined at the end but the characters relate to yeah. themes very nicely it is a thing that is postmodern, so it's baby's first postmodernism. it's structurally interesting so if it is introducing those concepts and people like those concepts i like that there is a thing that's delivering that and then you can go oh you like that now check out this and this and this i think it is a nice little like um high chair or a little it's interesting that can help out the teens i think you're i think you're right i'm just i'm curious if i feel like i just feel like the sort of i don't know the best word for it the disneyfication of everything i don't know if people anymore are seeing stuff like that and then going to seek anything outside of that so like you're right and people should go and seek out things that actually are more coherently and more maturely about grief and stuff like that Mm. i just don't know if that's going to happen and if people's continued source and i think this continues in uh, multiverse of madness if people's continued source of things that have are about actual emotions is the mcu then that's just going to keep continue to be a bad time I just, I just, sorry, my mind. I was just laughing at a joke in my head. I was just some kid being like, "Hey, kid, so, so you liked WandaVision? Check out this DVD of Uncle Boon Me. You're gonna really enjoy it." <laughs> oh, you like grief? Huh? <laughs> That's like going from the high chair to the top of the diving board. <laughs> like, do you want some Boon Me? This is about grief too, in a way. It's also pretty postmodern. I love Uncle too much. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even the, big, the biggest Boon Me fan, but it's just it's just a great item. It's, it would be a, a great jump of being like, it's, it's <laughs> that would be quite a random recommendation. Boon, like, boon absolutely. <laughs> um, get your Boon Me on. A real Boon Me boon. Um, I think, I think annoyingly you're right, because it, it reminds me of the Harry Potter thing of the promise was that Harry Potter was going to be this great cultural thing that got kids reading. And Right. We've learned that it got kids reading Harry Potter, and the movies came out, and now they're not even reading Harry Potter anymore. Right. <laughs> they're just watching the films, and they don't care. It there was never any crossover thing there. Um, so there was that. There was such joy about seeing people line up at like midnight to buy a book, which I have argued a lot that we shouldn't canonize um, art forms. Books are not inherently good because they're books, but yeah. reading is a good hobby and a good pastime, um, and it's a nice break from screens at some point, and it's a different way to ingest media that is right. good, and it's nice to, to, and it's not done as much as it should be amongst amongst the young. Um, but then Harry Potter did did not do that at all. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I one think, division sucks. Is my conclusion. Yeah, one um, division <laughs> is very bad. I, I I agree with you. I think there are aspects of it that I like, and especially yeah. in in the first half. And this is sort of emblematic of where I think the MCU is at. Where now we're in this mode where the first half of things they say, you know what, go crazy, director. You yeah. do whatever you want, and then make this movie, whatever genre, whatever thing. And then by the end, you have to write, like rein it back in and do whatever, you know, formulaic thing we've written out to progress the larger universe. And that's why it's, it works especially weirdly as a show because episode one, okay, interesting. Episode two, okay, interesting. You know, and then episode three, six, you're like, okay, good. right. And then it keeps going and you're like, okay, now it's getting worse and it's worse and it's worse. And then the finale is the worst episode by far. Yeah, so it's, it's a, a weird. It was a, that are just atrocious and get worse somehow. Yeah, it was a weird it's journey worst. watching it mm. uh, week to week when it first released. Yeah, which I think was only helped by it being weekly, right? Because <laughs> so many things are not weekly anymore. But then people are like, "Yeah, Wonder Vision, pretty good, huh? pretty good." Huh? Whereas otherwise, it'd be the first to be like, "Yeah, this show is not worth your time." <laughs> which it's interesting. I think WandaVision to me seems like the only one that people have really the wider audience has really sort of. There was all that kind of hype for it and i've seen much yeah. less of that i think loki kind of I'm... lived up to that um i've seen less of that as time goes on but i think the episodic thing works for them because i like, I like episodic get... i don't watch stuff that isn't episodic right. because i just never ground to it like i watched twin peaks the return i was always going to but i especially watched it because it was a thing every week um and when true detective came back every time i watched it because the thing every week every time a show drops in one chunk I've watched a bit of it and then because I could watch it anytime, right. anywhere, I just never get around to it's it. It's so easy to just stop. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Whereas if it's especially that was why TV was great. Sorry, sorry, young kids. Because <laughs> like if I wasn't watching Twin Peaks at that time, I wasn't watching Twin Peaks. Like, right. That's, that's when it was on. Right. It's so a I reason. To, like, it's a reason to actually go back to it. Yeah, and... Game of Thrones was like that. So I've been like, no, Game of Thrones on this time, but I don't watch it. I can watch it on catch up, but the conversation has happened then. Right. Yeah, when you're reflecting back on something, it's easy to say, oh, well, this is, you know, 35 hours and I could just watch a bunch of movies instead. And those are self-contained. Yeah. And it's 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 hard to go back and watch completed yeah. releases like that. So um, WandaVision is sure. interesting because like it, it now, having watched Doctor Strange, WandaVision makes sense because it, it turns out it only existed to set up that film. The only right. reason it exists is to make Scarlet Witch Scarlet Witch. I will be honest, I didn't know Scarlet Witch wasn't Disco Scarlet either. Witch. And I wonder and if that's... What? I wonder if that's true for the majority. I think it is because I feel like that's how people knew her. Like maybe yeah. the maybe the movies only referred to her as Wanda and that's fine, yeah, but, but I know that Scarlet her character Witch. is Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Right. It's so when you then present it as a twist that like, ooh, mm. she's Scarlet Witch. I'm like, right, I knew that. Yeah, this is that... a bit early in WandaVision where they're like, do you have any other nicknames? And she's like, no, I'm like, yeah, you do. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, you do. What are you talking about? Yeah. And it turns out, no, that was there as a purposeful line to be like, oh, she doesn't. And I was like, but she's doing, but she's already doing, she's already got powers to do. What do you mean? She's right. red and witchy. She does witch it's, stuff. It's it's bizarre. And I think like, you especially, especially like not being like into comics. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if are people like, do people know that she wasn't necessarily Scarlet Witch yet? Am I supposed to know that Scarlet Witch is actually this big character that's like a whole different thing than she was presented? You know, it's, I feel like I, there's no, there was no indication yeah. of that. And then they turn it around and they're like, ooh, she's a witch. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I don't know what that but means. What is a witch in this? I, I get that they go to magic school and become right. wizards. That's why <laughs> the witches know. Um, but then, so therefore that exists and this can be about Scarlet Witch. Um, and then she can be a character because... I'm of the opinion, as are I think most people, that Wanda, Scarlet Witch, has never, they've never found anything to do with her in the films. No. 
and Definitely she's been not. utterly redundant. And it's a shame because Olsen's a great is a great actor. She's, she's really really good. Um, I remember seeing her in Martha, Martha Marcy May Marlene, and loving that movie and loving her in it. It's that's absolutely brilliant. Have you seen that? You should watch that. I have. Really really good. All right. Really really good. Um, and being like, oh, this is great. Great movie. Great actor. Um, I'm excited she's in a Marvel film. I'm like, oh, they give her nothing to do at all. Yeah. And now one of Vision was built around. Oh, they go giving her a thing, but they still can't kind of do of her because they can't write very well. Sorry. Um, but then though WandaVision leads up this movie, this movie also completely overrides and makes WandaVision pointless. <laughs> it really does. And it's so interesting. I maybe I'm completely wrong on this. I feel like okay. there was at least a point where Kevin Feige or whoever had stated that it wasn't going to be any kind of like requirement to watch the mm. shows and that the shows would exist independently in one form or another. That was about the shield stuff though, I think. And I think like the, the Disney deal. And, was and right. Much. And maybe, yeah. maybe I'm totally off base on that, but it, that, that if that was stated, that's totally out the window. Yeah. If you had not watched WandaVision, this movie has to make no sense to you. Yeah. yeah there's a bit where I turned to Emma Potter through and went, I know what's happening now. Cause I watched the TV show. Right. <laughs> I mean, they they jump into her talking about her children and her fictional no... children. I cannot go. Yes, this. Her legitimate her fictional, fictional children. children. They're not even real. Oh my god! So, one division. The only good thing about it, apart from the postmodern inflections, is that it sets up a coherent arc about the need to live in the real world, about how we cannot right. create prisons of grief to escape from. And at the end, it ends melancholically, but it ends of her learning a lesson about she's put people through things. And then Doctor Strange goes, we'll we just do that again. I'm like, we can't just do that again. Yeah. We close that off. You can't make well, her mad with grief five minutes later. And it's not just let's do that again, but it's let do that let's do that again. But now it's not about fiction versus reality. It's about reality versus other reality. And it doesn't work. It doesn't make any it sense. It makes no goddamn sense. So she was really upset. And it makes sense. This makes complete sense. Because obviously, I think her relationship with Vision, though, I don't like the characters very much. They do a good job of having a, a conceivable relationship. And because the actors yeah, are very good, you, you believe them together. So I understood that she was grieving over being ultimately manipulated into murdering her husband. Right. Um, that was a good, because it was a stupid plot point. And having a show that dealt with that, smart, good. Um, well done. Why, in this goddamn movie, is she not mention Vision ever again? Vision Why is does not looking- matter. The whole point was she was so grieving over losing her husband right. that she ended a family, and now she wants fictional children. Like, and they even wave this way by saying, "If you can dream it, it exists in a multiverse somewhere." Not just if you can children... dream it; it's just all of your dreams are multiverses, which, <laughs> which is makes makes no sense. It's so dumb. It's such a stupid. This movie's full of like these weird retcons like that, where it has to redesign <sighs> the the whole world to make sense for the plot points in this movie, and it's so frustrating. Which would be cool, right, if we actually fully went into the surreal and we had right. loads of multiverses that felt like, because like my dreams are weird with things that right. don't make sense in them, but there's nothing that feels no, generic not at all. and strange and ethereal in this that feels like different realities. This movie is just three different New Yorks. Three different New Yorks. That's the multiverse. Yeah, it's so bad. In terms of, and, it, and it's so annoying because it like teases more, you know, like they go through that sequence where they go into all these other universes and it's very cool. There's so much actually interesting visual stuff. Right. And then she even talks about how she's been to paint world and you're like, can we go there? Can we go anywhere else? Instead of just redressing the New York set over and over and over again. Go to forest, New York, and then fire in the sky, New York. Yeah. It's it's great. So stupid. 
I was really bummed out where we got to the first set of big cameos. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is going to be like a whole fest of let's have blah, blah, blah. And that's it. I'm like, I thought at least one appeal was, oh my God, Blar is in it. Oh my God, Blar is here. Now we're in this world and this world is different. But it's just like, no, they literally have this Illuminati nonsense, which I don't really care about. They just have five people sat in a stadium, a podium, sorry, and then just go through them one by one. And then Patrick and Stewart then kill all of them. <laughs> <laughs> which, okay, that I, that I enjoy. I really liked that. The fact that they, like, they got, is, is it Lashana Lynch? Because she's from, yeah. that we liked in Bond. Yeah, so she's there. Brilliant. John, John Krasinski, I don't like, sorry. Um, he's terrible in this. I, I like him. He is terrible as what do you becomes. like out of interest. What do you like him in? What is he good in? Maybe I've not seen the things that he's good at. Uh, I like him in a quiet place. I mean, I like him in the office. Um, I like him in things. Okay. Um, but Maybe I'm I just the grump, I guess. I, <laughs> I just his performance in this was terrible. I think. Yeah, I, I just like very strange to introduce like Fantastic Four character just for no like. Is that right? Now canon. Is, that, that's kind of that was my thought as well like it seems weird to me because now they now they own fantastic four and x-men now they can use these characters mm. everyone's anticipating their reboot and how they're going to introduce these characters to the world and the way they introduce them is like throwing throw away casting where they die immediately and then yeah, but murdering patrick stewart was baller i mean <laughs> genuinely that, I, I, that yes. one sequence i think is actually really really good and i, I forget what his name was guy with whispers that make you explode That's but when his character. head internally exploded i was yes. like yes movie i was like jesus it's christ just, it's just weird like i i like that moment but it's also like mm. this weird thing where it I mean, it totally ruins Wanda as a character because now she's just indiscriminately murdering people oh, and yeah, it's completely she, she evil and makes no sense. And it's it's stupid. <laughs> so like those individual moments, I'm like, all right, cool. Just murder all the superheroes. But it's like that belongs in a different movie with different villains, yeah. I think. And that's, that's kind of my problem with it. It also very creepily establishes the idea that there are multiple universes right so that means that they're people from those but then it also treats them like npcs it treats them like therefore you yeah. can kill anyone you want i'm like no this but they're as real as right. you are <laughs> which as... it kind of tries to have both because they go into this other universe and dr strange is like i must protect alternate universe rachel mcadams because i love rachel mcadams so so like incel dr strange is, is it's crazy strange we'll, we'll get to that but like so some people are crucial and important in these other universes yeah. and other people who cares, whatever, will kill Captain Britain because haha, isn't that crazy that you know, it's just like, it's funny that she you have to that, that again, <laughs> right? Like all rule. of those, it almost felt like a green goblin in the first Spider-Man, like mm. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it's like, you have to draw that line and like, do these people matter or do they not? Well, because you can't have it both ways and it doesn't have it both ways. It's she just goes bad. To that castle that's called comatose or whatever which makes sense because the movie is very very boring so she goes to comatose. i think it's called comatage i don't really care i'm gonna call it comatose um, she goes to comatose and she literally murders about 100 oh, yeah. people like legitimately just 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 kills them and it's oh, yeah. like oh my god like Ridiculous. every third character in this film has committed a genocide i know that sounds like i would say <laughs> but it's true they go to talk to fake dr strange or segment strange he's killed like an entire planet and everyone's like well that was a bad thing you did i'm like everyone here very weird everybody it's very no weird. one cares but scarlet witch gets the whole being like oh i realize that's bad it kind of worked in one division because they dealt with yeah. they knew how far to push it of right yes she was holding a town against their will but that was the conflict there she didn't just like go in and just kill everybody right and go, oh yeah and she never reflects the fact that i did just kill about a thousand monks 
Right. Like that's the difference is that WandaVision, she was doing something wrong, but the whole thing was interrogating that mm. and trying to get into why are you doing this? How do you get over this and free these people? And this, that stuff happens. Doesn't matter. Nobody cares. She's just indiscriminately evil now. Yeah. It's so bizarre. She's so evil and so strange for no apparent reason because she just loves fictional children so much. Loves those fictional children. Yeah. I. And at one point, they even give her an out. Like, they even give her a, you could just get this, because the, the character that can open up the multiverse, they're like, how about she just lets you there? And she's like, no. What if they got ill? I'm like, oh, I thought you had all the powers. I thought you had all the, okay, fine, whatever. So stupid. So Scarlet Witch kills everybody. This... I think brings us nicely to what I'm going to say is the main problem with Scarlet Witch, um, which I want to just, <laughs> which I want to say, oh, words, funny. Um, this is, again, goes back to the inability of the Marvel people um, to write certain characters and um, to write female characters. Yes. Um, and I'm going to refer to, so seeing with Emma, um, I was already, you know, picking up on this being bad, but very hard by how much she was physically recoiling next to me. It just been like, mm, <laughs> happening. So I can't, let's cast our um, memories back to how, Jesus Christ. So we could have conversations, right, about how they treated Black Widow so badly. Yes. Um, to the extent they had to, even after having killed her, they had to give her her own movie as kind of like make good. That's how bad they was the character, which I feel like we're now revisiting with the Scarlet Witch thing of like, it turns out that it's pretty really strange. So that again, it's like, and Captain Marvel, that's a whole different conversation to have, um, which I don't think we have time for. Here. No, definitely not. But, so the, the a huge, a huge issue with um, the stuff around. So here's, here's a weird thing for you. So I'm going to say a female character defined by being experimented on slash tortured by Eastern European forces in a way that gives them power slash resilience. I could be talking about two characters, which is very, very interesting. Right. The, um, that is their stock background for women, I guess. Um, and the weird, cold, the weird Cold War stuff there is, again, strange and whatever. Um, but the motherhood stuff with Black Widow was always horrendous. So you had Hawkeye, who was dad that goes out and murders Japanese people, and that's fine. Um, so some of the some of the superheroes are dads. They're not defined by being dads, and there's no real paternal drive. They're not no. suddenly being like, I just want to get a son. Like, no one, right. at no point does, like, I don't know, um, I just can't name a superhero for a second. I'm trying to think of the funniest one's name. At no point does... Um, Oh, who's who's the I can't think of the best joke superhero to mention for the Marvel Universe because they're all so boring. Jesus uh, Christ. Hulk dead. There you go. Yeah, Bruce Banner doesn't <laughs> turn around and go, God, I gotta get a son. I just right. really love being a I just want to be a father. And like Thor is not just like, you know what? Lineage. Um lineage in a different way. He wants to get away yeah. from it. And there's so, there's romantic arcs throughout, but there's never it's kind of in the similar vein, like there's no character that's like, oh my god, I absolutely need to get married you know yeah. like that's not their main drive is not to be in a relationship yeah totally it's like uh, but then even even with vision because like vision is drawn into one because of they have right. having a female character and that's the direction yet we've had this twice now where the female characters are defined by a want or a realization though fictional of motherhood and then the, the horrible bit was when natasha romanov um had the storyline where she could not um give birth and then they had that actual point where she said that she was a failure as a woman because of that, and therefore she accepted her own death. 
which, which was, is, yeah. I think, the, the, the lowest point of the franchise. Ridiculous um, and so horrible, yeah. We already have this logic of women being defined by their existence as mothers. And this film just, like, just takes that and runs with it. Like, if they want to give a movie to this person, they're like, how can we make her a character? Um, she's a woman, right? She's got to be a mum. She's got to be a mum. She's got to be a mum and just want to be right. a mum. And she's only, her only trait is she wants to be a mum. Got a huge maternal drive for fictional children. To fictional children. Fictional. And it uses that as the only basis for her becoming the mm. villain. Yeah. That's it. There's nothing. So that's even a further like horrible right. stigmatization. Like it's barely even, it's not even necessarily about the grief that she's gone through. Because again, it totally ignores vision, which is the actual palpable grief that she suffered <sighs> and not the fictional grief. Um, it's not about that. It's just, she wants children. So she will do Kill absolutely everyone. anything yeah. women, to get right? there. <laughs> And that's all you need, apparently, for the setup of this villain who, before this movie, was a character that you liked and, mm. you know, was a hero. And there's no yeah. real, there's no turn that actually makes logical sense other than I need my fictional children. And it's even emblematic of how bad it is as a multiverse movie because of that line, which was like an early moment where I, I started to totally check out of this yeah. movie where she says, where they're like, oh, well, why can't, I mean, surely these are fictional kids. You can't always have had kids, you know? And she's like, no, I looked in literally every, she says she looked in every other universe, every other universe, she has children. It's just, that it stuff seems, makes no sense to me. It's like, I thought it makes no sense at all. It's so weird that I thought the whole idea was it's like infinite possibilities. Right. But they're all the same. They all have the same arcs. There's people who are the same. What's even the point? Like, just like, why like even the spider-man universes were more different and that's right they were different movies (laughs) because they had no control over that yeah yeah it's just like you can't say that we're opening up the infinite possibilities of the multiverse but every other universe is almost exactly the same it's like how where's the interest in that and how is that compelling in any way it just it, if anything it delegitimizes the universe mm. that yeah, yeah, yeah. we've existed I mean, in i mean it just makes no totally sense right. and again to go with the motherhood stuff this is a film that makes david cronenberg's the brood a film made out of brutal divorce seem like progressive in its pre- presentation of like womanhood <laughs> like that movie which i love like the wake i mean it's called the brood and it's called the brood right. for a reason it is woman gets quote broody and it leads to to death and body horror again this film clearly takes a few um paid out of carry um I just Sam Raimi is on record being a big fan of Carrie. Again, this film makes Carrie look like a progressive text. Like again, right. it's just the presentation of femininity as construed through rage um, is just astonishingly bad. I know that we're here is just like two dudes talking about this, um, and I hate to like go back to be like, but I know a woman who. But again, like the discomfort of just like seeing the yeah. actual just like beyond discomfort from my partner next to me who's just like this is just like it's because again seeing oneself on screen is very very important i go back to when we, when we watch widows together which i thought was really good but i didn't like ultimately love it and she adored it and she just said that fundamentally i've not seen women in those roles in a film before yeah and that was just incredible i'm like you know what it's yes, absolutely like, true yeah on point I, I would never have thought about that because to me i was like it's another movie and this is just like the antithesis of how can we reduce women down to yeah. being just like pawns in a wider narrative, making it about them in the most deterministic, horrible way, and just is so oh, it's just disgusting. It's legitimately disgusting. I, I totally agree. And what's interesting is I feel like the film almost pulls like a bait and switch in that in that middle sequence where they see the Illuminati 
I don't even want to talk about that. I think it's ridiculous and stupid. Um, when, when they're, when they're in that sequence, there's a moment where professor X goes into her head. Yeah. Which looks cool. And it looks cool. And it's a really interesting idea. And I thought it was setting up this idea that she was kind of, I mean, not even setting up. That's basically what it explicitly says is that she's sort of trapped within her own mind. Yeah. And that Soviet sort of is her own mind. The, the entity that is Scarlet Witch has sort of taken over and is driving her madness. And then that's oh, never, kind it's, of thing. it's never picked up again. And then she just dies at the end. Or I mean, or does prob- she? Probably, probably not. not. No, <laughs> because like, that's the... to... she gains redemption and forgiveness for her right. mass murders. I mean, regardless of you know what happens in the future, the end of this movie is like she sacrifices herself, which makes it feel more like that was just her the whole time. And I'm like, why are you setting up this idea that yeah, yeah, yeah there's there's point. someone that's not a villain within her when the end then just says she's gone because we had to defeat the villain, like it it would be much more coherent if it was that and you were setting yeah. up like, how do we drive away this force that's within her and she can realize, you know, what has actually happened, but it's not that at all. And that just, again, legitimizes this terrible arc that she's been through in this movie. Yeah. And it just, it leaves her character on such a sour note. It's just, I mean, I've heard so much and read so much that there was no like complete script in their filming. And it's so evident, like it, it does oh, not yeah. form into a film. There's not a film here. Like it is a bunch of sequences. And as I wrote my review, um, which is up obviously, uh, like there are bits in it that are very, very good, but that becomes even a flaw in the film because they don't fit in the wider film and they're so no. incongruous. So even like guys head exploding, I love it. And then I'm like, why is it in this movie? Because like even Emma was just like, that was really strangely violent. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, it was. And I enjoyed the violent things. Then actually, they did they actually are they take away from it. They're not additive at all. Yes. It's like this doesn't belong here. And also, it is strange when you've set up a universe that is specifically um has a huge like fan group of children to make a movie that's been like yeah no <laughs> right away like I, people like people i've spoken to that are younger but like yeah, it's really scary and really upsetting i'm like yeah no it is Which, it right. is <laughs> and it's and it's interesting because it does act that way it, it positions itself as horror and you know i guess if it is legitimately scary to younger audiences then more credit to the movie i guess but you know, as a horror fan and as a Sam Raimi fan, yeah. who is like sort of a, a godfather of horror, mm. you know, those that the Evil Dead movies are so iconic. Genre creating. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Like to see this movie and be like, this is really not horror, though. Like, yes, there are moments of that, but it's really th- th- there's nothing inherently built around it being but- horror. There's just moments <sighs> that put in that sort of horror angling and, and and try to make you think that it's horror but it's really not because there's no stakes to any of it you're right I think but that, I think that makes that it worse away. for a younger audience because there's no like you're not in the you're not in the horror mode and then suddenly right. it's just like creepy jump scares head exploding you're like mm, this is not the movie that i'm here for you get genre ready right. there's one really cool sequence in the movie that is just like so evil it does the evil dead floating yes. camera like possession thing and it uses cgi nicely there's like storm in this teacup visual like little cgi i'm like that looks awesome go yeah. sam raimi and like Make the movie that's about that, but then don't make a Marvel movie because you've made this like right. fun universe where nothing matters, and then there's just like possessed people, slice one half, and heads exploding. And like, I do like the sequence as she pursues them through the um, secret tunnel. It's got a real intense. You know, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, but like it's got a fun visual to it. It's shot very well. But then I'm like, who's this for? Because it's not quite for me, and the audience is not going to really vibe with this. Right. I think. I, I mean, yeah, that is just like the problem with it is like you can't you can act like 
this is a Marvel horror movie, but it's like you also at the same time, you just there's no functional way to make a horror movie in the Marvel universe because it's not built for that. At the end, you still have to turn it into fun time. Right. It's still quippy fun time. And at the end, you still have to do certain things. And it's going to ultimately take away from anything that you're going to try in the meantime, because you know how it's going to end at a certain point. And that takes away from any actual thrills or tension that you could try and put before that. What did you think of America Chavez? I like her. I think that she is probably the most interesting part of this movie. Mm, Um, Totally. Agreed. I think she's a great character. Yeah. Uh, I think this movie probably could do much better uh, with her character. Yeah, yeah. like the art could be hers. Basically nothing. Why is this um, a strange movie? It, you could you could replace yeah. strange of another character. Like, this is a Scarlet Witch movie, Feet, America Chavez. Yeah. Like, that's the- <laughs> and I think that's, again, like the issue with where it feels like there's not a whole lot of coherence in like the phase four of Marvel here. Because now they're trying to have it both ways, where like in, in phase one, nothing existed. So you have to start from a baseline and yeah. introduce a character. So we need to start having Captain America in these movies. He needs a movie. But now that there's so much already established, now we're just inserting new characters into existing franchises. Yeah. And so a move, a, a character that like America Chavez should have just her own movie. Why not give yeah. her her own movie? That would be much more interesting but no, she has to exist through Doctor Strange, and it's so bad. It's so bad. It's also this movie weirdly surprised reminded me of get ready for me to mention a movie and Thorne's like, what is he talking about? Um <laughs> The Driller Killer. Um very reminiscent of Abel Ferrara's The Driller Killer. There's a bit at the end of the Driller Killer where it goes black and someone's threatening, someone keeps going like Stephen. Stephen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's creepy as hell. There was a bit, right, where so they, they say Stephen so much in this movie. Um, there's a bit when pretty much, um, I forget which character it is. It's got to be McAdams, like, spikes the lens and pretty much says, no other Stephen's matter. And Emma literally is like, turned me on, was like, huh? And I'm like, oh, thanks, <laughs> Rachel McAdams. I was just saying, no other Stephen's matter. Wow. What a demon is everybody. Yeah. Mean movie. <laughs> it's funny you say that there's so many weird moments where characters really do just like spike the lens in this movie it's so jarring to me i don't know what's <laughs> up with that it happens several times and it happens this goes back to like sort of the the way that the marvel and the horror aspects can't blend but at the very end again there's a really cool sequence where Doctor Strange becomes a zombie and there's like all these <gasps> yeah, there ghouls flying around him and like it looks cool and it's visually interesting. Mm. That's great. And like that was the pretty much the only moment where I was like really like kind of like I got a little bit giddy and I was like, oh, this is like I liked the musical stuff. battle more than you did. I thought the musical battle was really, really crazy. It was so jarring to me. Cool. I, it's an you idea right. that it I, doesn't I, fit in anything, right. but it was such a visually cool idea and the soundtrack matched it so nicely. It was like, oh, this is good filmmaking. Yeah. It's a thing that I probably would have liked in a different movie, but again, yeah. Yeah, 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 not in right. this movie. Um, but yeah, that final sequence, and and I was like, oh, this is like actually feels like Evil Dead. This yeah. is what I was expecting the whole movie to be. It does the hand up thing, right? Actually, like, even it's five thing, minutes. Like, yeah. But then at yeah. the end of that sequence, Zombie Strange is like lying on the ground. He spikes the lens and winks, and I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. And I just well, again, that, like, that, that's there because of Evil Dead. I'm like, why are you putting reference? <laughs> right. Like, why are you putting direct Evil Dead just references? So weird. I was your like, children, on, like, this doesn't work. work. <laughs> it's just so weird. I don't want Cumberbatch's going groovy. Like, <laughs> also, obviously, we have contractually obliged Bruce Campbell in it, and the Bruce Campbell moment is another point that Emma was just like, "What is up with the violence in this film?" So the joke is funny because the joke is. 
it's Bruce Campbell there and he's getting sprayed with liquids because that's what yeah. that's the evil dead of fake because you know they were they were throwing like corn syrup and stuff at him so him being sprayed by mustard and being beat up is funny and then the front line that it's for three weeks I'm like that's just sadistic I know it's like so it's unnecessary sadistic right it's like that you refused to pay, you stole food off him, which he was right. annoyed about, obviously. And then you made him destroy himself for three weeks. Yeah, it's not even really like, yeah, like the context of it isn't really a funny joke. It's just like, why are you doing this to this guy? He doesn't yeah. deserve this in any way. It doesn't matter. Multiple right. people don't matter. That's, that's it. But then they do matter. But they don't matter because they're fake people, but they really do matter because everyone matters. So like, oh, right. Every other universe, so Wanda's kids matter, but also every other universe, everyone else doesn't matter. Just, the Bruce like, Campbells don't okay. matter. The strangers matter. The genocide strangers matter even more. Oh, the Captain Britons don't matter. Yeah. Um, it's weird. Again, like the the... The Captain Britain stuff and the um, the Captain Marvel stuff as well um, implies there can be this huge like versatility in who you are in right. different universes. But Doctor Strange is the same every time. What the hell? <laughs> and that's what that that is. I mean, it's the same thing with her saying she has kids in every other universe. It's like it's not interesting if the main character doesn't have any actual divergence in the other universes. Mm. Every single other Strange is still Doctor Strange and is a superhero and is in the Sanctum in, the in New York. house. Right. It's like, it's not, how is there not another universe where he's government. still just a doctor? Why, yeah. why can't you go to another universe and he's just a normal dude working or in a, a hospital? dentist. Right. Like, it, do anything with this idea of infinite possibility, but instead every single one, it's almost exactly the same. And how is that an interesting movie? I was really pissed off that they had a Thanos thing. I was like, I was like, why was this universe also right. had like a that like that didn't just did not be there? It'd be way more interesting. Like actually, we had this like like do like like a flaw with Star Wars. Obviously, is they filled in all the gaps. But that bit when you're watching Star Wars, the 1977 film, and they talk about someone serving in the Clone Wars, they don't say, oh, and by the way, the Clone Wars was blah blah blah. Just have someone refer to right when Blar attacked, and that's something that they could say something like, oh, when Modok attacked, or oh, when yeah. Galactus came. Exactly. Have someone say that, and then people at the back go like, oh, I know who that character is. Like go for a deep cut or something. It goes like, yes, when Thanos attacked, I'm like, oh, okay, well, nothing matters. It's just because they don't right. want any continuity. They don't want any like idea because they're like oh we could do that later they're like no everything must be the same exactly like because they can so curated they can set up this sort of cast of throwaway characters where people can go oh look at that it's reed richards and then he dies and it doesn't matter yeah but you can't mention galactus because probably he's going to be a character in an Mm. actual marvel movie soon yeah they can't they can't put him in this movie and actually cast him because then that would actually cause it's just like it's so everything has to be so perfectly constructed that it just totally removes all the stakes from any of it. It absolutely sucks. This movie's making me angry. It sucks. It's bad. Um, so let's let's segue to what the people are saying, I think. Let's absolutely let's get into some listener mail. Yeah. I'll start with, just because we briefly went over this already, we'll start with an email from Jack. Jack. Jack? Says, Jack, of, Jack, Jack of Davenport fame? Yes, Jack of Davenport Whose song fame. you just heard? <laughs> Whose song you just heard? Just heard. Yes, yeah, so, I'm sorry, that's actually just, just to plug that music that you heard that's great is from Jack Davenport of Jack Davenport fame, who will be get mentioned several times this episode because, you know, the, one of the best people. Um, so yeah, um, check out 10 Second Beats on Spotify or Bandcamp. Yes. Buy music on Bandcamp on a Friday, preferably, Bandcamp Friday. Um, and also, do you want to also talk about our opening music that I think we've not 
Yeah, that's true. Mike, we, yeah. we have never talked about our opening, Sorry, Jack. <laughs> our, our intro and outro music. Um, never got around to talking about it. But if you're curious where it's from, that is music by the wonderful Aiko Ishibashi, who did the score for Drive My Car. As you may or may not know, dear listener, uh, Stephen and I, when Drive My Car first released, um, both loved the score mm. and both started listening cool. to it relentlessly. And then Stephen having to be the victor in every scenario. <laughs> you know, sorry. <laughs> I was drinking and drinking. Um, you have like 5,000 crowns on uh, FMBot. <laughs> I have like eight. And I was like, I had this one because I, I watched the movie before you and like the soundtrack. And right. it was like, one of my eight crowns? And you came for it. I'm like, I want eight crowns. <laughs> I you wasn't sound cool, but I'm like, I want like. The thing is, I wasn't coming for it. I just spend a lot of my time listening to scores and it's really good. And so I was just listening to it organically. Yeah, but you got very upset by that um, <laughs> and started playing one of her songs on repeat for several weeks. Mm. Um, so now the crown is far gone and distant yeah, for me to ever attain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in the midst of that, we had just started the podcast and I thought, you know what? I got, I got to try and one up Steven somehow. So, did. so, so I contacted Aiko Ishibashi's um, representatives and so asked cool. them if I could use some of her music. Unfortunately, they told me that I couldn't use the drive my car soundtrack, which I totally I mean, understood. Which doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but they allowed, gave me permission to use what is now our intro and outro song, which so is cool. uh, the song call is called A Ghost on a Train Thinking. So if you want to look that up and listen, and everyone should just listen to her music because well, it's fantastic. Away fans, A Ghost on a Train Thinking. Uh, yeah. So great stuff. Um, and obviously, thank you to her and her representatives for giving me permission. And uh, so cool. it's, it's great. Anyway, sorry, Jack. Um, your question. <laughs> uh, Jack's question, which we just touched on. Uh, what a waste of a Bruce Campbell cameo. Discuss. Yes. Yeah. Sadistic. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just bad. It's, and, and again, it's like what you said, like where it doesn't really make sense to be making evil dead references. Cause that's not the audience. It's the same thing. Like, I mean, I get that you, it's a Sam Raimi movie. Bruce Campbell has to show up. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be annoying if he wasn't there. I mean, I, I have to assume that most people watching this movie have no idea what that was. And it's probably seemed to a lot of people like a totally weird and pointless well, aside. Yeah, I spoke to a teenager about this because they were like, what was the deal with that? Because apparently, I, I didn't stay to the end, but apparently he turns up again at, at like a, a final post-credits thing. Oh, yeah, I did not um, stay until I did Yeah, apparently he does. Um, so good for him. And they were like, what was the deal with that? And I'm like, ah, well, the thing is, they expect you to have seen a 1981 horror right. movie. Um, and he was just like, oh, wait a minute. Is he, the, is he in Spider-Man 2? I'm like, yes, he is in Spider-Man 2. So he there is. is that. It's like, yes, he's the guy that lets me to the theater in Spider-Man 2. So there is at least that that he's exists. In, I think he's in, is he on all three Spider-Men? I think he's in all yeah, he of must them be. as different he, characters he in every one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I just specifically remember the theater of just but like yeah. <laughs> blocking, blocking his entrance. It's such a nice so great. Um, yeah, Jack, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, obviously, Bruce Campbell is innocent because he is the best, but he's not good yeah. in this movie because it's Use just a poorly constructed video. Have him legitimately. Right. Why can't he play the villain who, or the hero who screams? I don't really know what that guy does. Um, it just, Jack, you know what? To, to make this something else, it just shows how unambitious these films are of yeah. like, be surprising and be cool. Like imagine if the actual secret was as a one-off, they made a cool deal. And because it's a multiverse, you know, Bruce Campbell with his chin turns up and it's just Batman. Imagine how cool that would be <laughs> if there was a degree of right. like, fun. And they'd be like, you know, it's a multiverse. Who really cares? Like, it'd be great to live in a world where there was that degree of, like, 
like brand kind of like conversation and realizing this would be really, really cool. But we'll never have that. You can no. never just have like Batman's here, which would be generally awesome. Like, that'd be so, like, it's funny in Eternals, genuinely, they talk about like Superman and Batman. That was one of the nice touches in that film. Yeah. Imagine if there was actually some wider things coming in. I mean, I haven't seen everything ever all at once, but I hear that that plays of like cinema and like different things existing. It very like, much does. Like what? Just why not do that? Why yeah. not have Bruce Campbell actually be Ash? Why not legitimately right. have an Army of Darkness sequence? Absolutely. Ah, like, oh, God damn you would, it. You would hope. And that, I mean, that's up. what I think a lot of people were hoping going into this movie is like, here we have like an, we've gone into this before, but like an, an auteur director who mm. could ostensibly do something different. And people have gotten so much like fatigue from these movies feeling so samey and like people were ready for this could do something different. And I think that really led into like my extreme frustration with it is like, you want them to find an, an avenue to actually break away from yeah. the formula and do something different yeah. at some point, because, you know, logically it seems like it would get there. Like now that these are the biggest things on the planet, yeah, you can do anything and yeah, it's still going to make talks. money. Like, you, yeah. Like, but it's not and it's so safe and it's so boring and i think that's why i left and i was like i'm tired of giving these movies a break it's yeah. stupid yeah. it doesn't deserve one star probably but i don't care and i i no, there's I got, no I got, I got time to get a break you know i mean if i wasn't um, like legitimately review i mean because we saw this before where like sometimes like i'll take changes a bit when i'm like yeah. i'm reviewing this for an establishment like my my northman review would probably be quite different if i was just like nah this movie sucks right. <laughs> but i was like you know and like some of like and my titan review might not have been like quite so damning if i was like no i'm writing on behalf of like yeah. establishment here so these things happen but so please jack and put even more it's so damning that space jam 2 a new legacy feels more creative and interesting <laughs> like at least the nuns and the devils That's are in true. like the devil's reference uh, more movies need to reference Ken Russell's The Devils. Like that Space Jam is doing that. Like, oh my god, yeah. just no. That's that's very true. Me. So that like, actually, have, like, like meet Luke Skywalker. You own him. <laughs> you literally own that's Luke Skywalker. True. Which awful, awful movie that I don't want anyone to watch. But like Free Guy did that, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is when things this is capitalism when things get too big right. this is the issue of being like this just becomes the whole idea of like the competition will out and that you know people want to get better it just makes the most like homogenous just like boring crap yeah. um great question thank you jack um that actually sort of leads into a question that's a part of this this larger email we have a long message from our great friend fru um hey, who, hello who recently binged the podcast and has some comments about most of them, most of our episodes here. Oh, cool. So it's a, it's a <laughs> long email. Multiverse is yes. Cool, good. I've, um, this. I've kind oh. of decided we're just going to go for, I'm going to go through all the, the emails. Yeah, yeah, I don't no, want to. Always overjoyed. difficult to sort of separate questions that are specifically relevant to each episode. So it always brightens my day. So I'm very excited. So, dear spoilers, I've emerged Hi. akin to the eponymous <laughs> groundhog on its holiday from my mental <laughs> lockdown <laughs> den and have decided to devote my free time over the past week or so binge listening to the first 15 episodes of I'm Thinking of Spoiling Things. With your new dog. So while you've been while you've been thinking of spoiling things, I've been thinking <laughs> of writing things, thoughts and questions specifically, and I've organized them into a semi-organized list. This is a good Episode three, The French Dispatch. Mm. All the way back. The French Dispatch. <laughs> <laughs> Although I liked the film decently enough when I first watched it, being this far removed from it, I find myself simply agreeing with the spoilers wholeheartedly. 
Another one. Another one in the crew. Yeah, we'll drag you all down. <laughs> I am, however, I mean, I confused. Think it was a Nazi. I've read it on Twitter. <laughs> I am, however, confused about our recollections of the Timothy Francis vignette. I could have sworn that this took place in a university and the revolution was born of the boys wanting to be able to access the girls' dorms for dates and the girls entered the controversy because boys gross. Am I remembering this wrong? We'll never know because I cannot be asked to watch this again, which is heartbreaking because I adore Wes. Also, thank you for both reiterating the weird hand-waving of the Timothy Francis pairing. I was so tired of this trope of displaying sexual taboo and then going, the French sure are quirky like that. Am I right? Oh yeah, uh, that vignette is terrible. I don't, I can't say I remember either. I thought it was high school, especially since he still lives with his parents. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's a good point. I, again, like um, it could be either. I'm not revisiting it because the film sucks. But yeah, I remember them them playing chess in some cafe and then they wanted girls and boys couldn't kill us. Um, let's presume someone is correct. I'm going to presume it's you. <laughs> um, and the question attached to that one, it used to be popular to say that Wes Anderson should tackle horror films. As horror and Wes fans, do you find this to be true? Wes Craven? <laughs> I wonder what happened to Wes Craven. <laughs> That's a joke for like five people. <laughs> the rest of us will be like, he's dead. <laughs> the five people that got that joke, very pleased about it. Um, very, very good. Uh, now you're in my zone, making jokes for nobody. Um, uh, yeah, um, I think it's because like anyone that has a style, people want to do genre because the genre is the genre which i mean capital capital g genre welcome right. to weird film conversations <laughs> this is so inaccessible i don't mean films that are in a genre i mean genre films yes so um horror being the key example like horror exploitation but then beyond that like musicals and rom-coms and yeah. like teen movies people that have a distinctive style they want them to do a genre film because that's the that's the cinema of style and sensibilities of that being all genre language and that's the appeal um i just at this point no, I don't want to make a horror movie. No. Um, it'll be tweet annoying. Um, and because I just don't think the writing will be up to it. Um, I don't think it'll be very good. Yeah, I, I mean, he's a, yes, he's a very stylish director, but mm. I don't think his style lends itself to that at all. Um, I can't really imagine that coming out being something that I would enjoy. And I don't think that, aside from him being a stylish in terms of construction and that's all great and awesome and i do love the style of his movies yeah. but thematically nothing he's ever made make would, would really fit in a horror lens you know like he makes stuff that's very emotional and Ejaculate personal scary <laughs> that's true um as a teacher's dating children i mean that, <laughs> that's scary um, um but yeah you're right and though also though i mean though it doesn't really answer the question kind of yes but not specifically only because i would like him to actually reach outside a bit more and do something different um i mean yeah. i say this is the world's biggest hong sang Soo fan so again i know <laughs> hypocrite but like this ain't working anymore so do something else yeah no i i, I would say yeah not not interested in a Wes Anderson horror movie, but something different, you know, him doing, I would like to see maybe a Wes Anderson musical, like something like that. I'm sure he could uh, do yes. a great oh. genre movie, not horror mm. specifically would be yeah. Yeah, yeah. My, my stipulation there. So cool. to... all right, Frank dispatch ticked off. Bam, dispatched. <laughs> Episode four, Spencer. Literally, yeah. thank you for bringing me a movie I'd shamefully paid no attention to other than, wow, that publicity photo slash poster looks great and bringing my interest from a solid three to a surprising 10. I hope I can find it. I hope you do. Uh, Spencer's yeah, fantastic. It's really good. It's really, yeah, good. really great movie. Um, and I'm glad that the podcast could do that for anyone. Um, I'm glad we spoiled it for you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't think there's much you could really spoil <laughs> for that movie. Yeah, true. 
Um, episode five, The Tragedy of Macbeth. Mm. This episode pleasantly scratched my education itch that I've been having since I finished undergrad. I'd love to have Stephen as a teacher. It was honestly a cozy experience to listen to. Additionally, Throne of Blood is forever a recommendation. Not only does Toshiro Mifune shine, but Isuzu Yamada is so terrifying in her manipulation and madness, and the bloodstain scene is especially chilling. So I will say, since we recorded that episode, I've watched Throne of Blood, and it is fantastic. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's absolutely exceptional. Love that movie. <laughs> it's just, just, just the greatest. <laughs> Um, and then what exactly typifies a Shakespeare work and therefore should either remain intact or be commented upon in a successful adaptation? A very Stephen question that I yeah, can answer. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to answer this because recently I wrote about this in my review of Winter Sleep, which I recommended on this podcast recently, um, which is a great movie, the, the Mirabilge Ceylon movie, Winter Sleep, which is absolutely fantastic. Because I read loads of people saying it was Shakespearean and that always gets my hackles going because I feel like Shakespearean is used as a buzzword for literary or right people speak a lot or good and that's classes wank to be fair um but i even use this adjective when describing it because for that film is shakespearean um it's very much like lear or othello and even like the hotel they're in it's called like the othello hotel so it even nods to it and there's a bit later they quote some shakespeare that felt shakespearean to me because it was about um inner conflicts being externalized through conversation and it's about power dynamics and great people who think they're great people being teared down being torn down, sorry. Right. Like that, that is the Shakespearean element, the poetry of language and the rhythms of speech and these large conflicts that are actually an excuse for relationship conflicts that are given a broad stage. For me, that is Shakespeare. And that's why Shakespeare is very good. It's the beauty of language of everything is spoken as opposed to implied, but the language is so beautiful that it, it, it carries that weight. And yeah. it's about internal struggles that are externalized. A great answer. I definitely have nothing to add to that, <laughs> uh, as I am not a teacher that has taught Shakespeare multiple times. Shakespeare good, apart from when bad, then Shakespeare bad. <laughs> um, episode nine, Licorice Pizza. Thank you for tempering <laughs> and informing my expectations regarding sensitive subjects in this film. I had previously been genuinely put off based on word of mouth combined with my own experiences and was not looking forward to having another last night in Soho experience that. where I was caught unaware. Now, yeah. boring instances of racism aside, I'm actually interested in seeing this. I've loved it. Um, and Vaughan, yeah, really I, I like it. it a lot. Yeah, it's it's good. Uh, aside from yeah, the racism, uh, which is mm. very bad. Um, yeah, but I do yeah. like that movie. Which yeah, and, and Calvin also said yeah, <laughs> racism. Very, very yeah. Um, um, the Batman. I believe there's a zero zebra review on that one. That pretty good. <laughs> uh, the Batman. The Burton Batman films are my favorite superhero movies. Yeah, they roll. And my white whale of home decor is Selena Kyle's Hello There, Hell Here, Neon Light. <laughs> that being said, and not having watched the film yet, I'm interested to see if the Riddler's use of right-wing terms and iconography reads as representative of the memes to QAnon pipeline that we've been witnessing over recent years. Mm. I'm pretty tired of organized crime being the cause of all the corruption, though. While it's interesting to watch villains think that they're yeah. right, it's more engaging to watch villains that know they're wrong, which I yeah, totally I think you're agree so with. right. That's such yeah. a good point. I feel like we reached... It was really interesting. I feel like around the time of Black Panther, that was really, really cool because the yes. conversation was, it's kind of cool because he's kind of right. But then this is from that. It's annoying that it's just like, oh my God, this is just now, this has become the new trope of, and also that that is also a way of actually defaming correctness of people yeah. can be radical only when they're a villain as well. Of We've got these villains that are like, oh, that is right but you're a bit too strong about it. So it makes radicalism a villainous trait. Yeah. Um, and which obviously me being Mr. 
politics man though not being the most like politically kind of like educated person to be fair um but like the batman falls into that you are right um through like it is very much the q and pipeline the issue is that the movie mixes that with left-wing rhetoric um that it, it is this kind of like right-wing 4chan dissent um but then he's also saying things about social justice that are like yeah that's true man <laughs> like yeah i think that's i i and i think the batman has a problem with as much as we know we obviously we talked about this at length and i do ultimately like that movie but i think yeah, specifically with the with the riddler i think that there is a bit of a problem with like a sort of conflating those two things in terms of like that that line is very fine between thinking that you're right and actually being right you know like yes you talk about killmonger from black panther and not only does he think he's right but he actually to an extent is obviously mm. his methodology is not appropriate. I mean, the robbing from the ways. museums is great. The murders are dead. That is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but that movie is about how he actually does have valid points. And that was an yeah. interesting topic of conversation. It's like, oh, okay, this character is actually has, has valid reasoning for what, he, what his cause is. But then when you talk about that becoming a wider thing where now all these villains think they're right, but it's like, yeah. but not every yeah. villain is actually doing the right thing, obviously. And no, so that's sort game. of... With, with someone like Riddler, like that gets conflated a little bit, like parts of what he's saying is right, but also it's not, you know, so you can't have both of, can't have it both ways in a lot of ways. Yeah. 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 No, 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 totally. Um, yeah. The Batman. Question attached to that one. Oh, Somewhat well, I was going to say, um, those that have letterbox.com, um, Pluribus um, uh, has an amazing review oh, of yes. the Batman that you should read. Um, maybe we'll tag it in the description because um, maybe you can't spell Pluribus. Um, yeah, but, yeah just the most exceptional review um, that is just like so in depth about the specific imagery and is just like so widely informative. So just 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 read that, and then read all of uh, the great reviews that they've written because yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. referencing they write reviews that, that absolutely yeah. astonishing. Um, but question here, somewhat related, but for any non-fans or casual watchers of the Marvel films, what stands <laughs> the best chance of redeeming or refreshing the franchise? I'm interested. I, I actually had to kind of go and look at what was upcoming for the the wider franchise and what we were looking at here yeah. and, I, and i think that prior to this movie i probably would have thought maybe this this is sam yeah. raimi doing yeah. a marvel movie maybe here's a chance like i talked about like to actually do something different didn't happen and you know the, the longer we go on the more i'm like yeah there's probably no chance that we're actually going to see that at any point but i had to look but at what was also born. i had to look at what was upcoming to see what what could there be? You know, what's upcoming that I actually think stands a chance of standing out? And so I was looking at the upcoming releases, and the only thing that really like stood out to me was um, Blade. Okay, I yeah. <laughs> I'm probably in the minority on this. I love the Blade movies, the original two, I should say. Blade, Blade, Blade Trinity. Good. Blade, good. Blade, Blade good. Trinity is one of the worst things ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Blade is great. Um, Blade and Blade Two. Mm, really fun movies and so there's a lot of potential there and i don't know if they've stated explicitly yet but it's like those movies are super violent and i wonder what direction they're going to go in terms of putting blade into the marvel universe are they going to allow that movie to be as probably violent as it needs to be and actually be you know sort of that refreshing thing that the franchise needs or is it going to be neutered and uninteresting i mean i i love the casting i think mahershala ali will be fantastic mm. as blade um i also saw it's allowed they, to be you know that's, that's... i also saw they cast delroy lindo in a role and i love him but oh, yes. you know who knows if that's actually going to be what i'm hoping it will be 
Yeah. I mean, you say that though, but I mean, are you not excited about the new Thor movie? I am, but I will say I don't view that. And I also am excited for, I mean, I know I'm sure you're not. I'm also excited for the third Guardians movie. Um, but no, I don't think that either of <laughs> I don't think either of those movies are going to refresh later. or revitalize because they're established characters and they're apparently the only two directors that they've allowed to do something yeah. remotely different. Here's so. here's my me being a, a douche answer. Um, the new Spider Verse movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty damn good answer. I, I can't say I disagree with and that. Yeah, I know, I know. But you've been like, yeah, no, no, no. yeah, no. Turning red. I don't have anything to say except the film was severely cute, maybe a bit too long, and I cried an embarrassing amount. And I would just like to take Domi Shi to lunch. Also, the dad was the best character. Thank you for spotlighting the last Pixar movie to impress me since Wally. Uh, yeah, it's a wow. great movie. Um, wow, interesting. Um, I think there's a few movies you should see in between. <laughs> I made some good ones, <laughs> but I mean, I, you know, but yeah, I, I love Wally. Um, really, really, really love Wally. Uh, and then question. Who is your four-town bias? Mine is Robert. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't I'm know sorry. either. I'm sorry. For I, I couldn't um, say I remembered. I actually had to look up who they were. Um, so I had to go through and look. Uh, so my answer is Aaron Z. Um, but I did not provide Stephen with this question in advance, yeah, which so is my I'm fault. I'm going to, as, as, as is my <laughs> way, I'm obviously going to give a joke answer, um, which, you know, is not like me. But I have two answers for you, which is like, Sometimes I like giving alternate jokes because I, I can think of two punchlines and present them as a traditional adventure. So number one is the thing. I'm gonna say the thing um, is my favorite from the Fantastic Four um, because he's a rock man. Um, but I'm also gonna say um, Abdul Duke Fakir. I'm gonna leave that silence in as me having no idea where that joke is going. It's from the Four Tops. God damn it. <laughs> Oh, well, that was the most even answer you could get for that question. So uh, it's perfect. Um, Follow up question. Did this resemble your recollection of the early 2000s? And does yep. that matter? Yep. Yes. And yes. It's why I think I love it more than most people. It's why I love Ladybird more than most people. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, seen on screen, um, seeing it, it's, you know, as much as that, that can be problematized, certainly. Right. Especially for those of us with very privileged identities, like like myself, certainly, um, that can be a huge issue. Um, but yeah, it really got into, as I said in the podcast, the people in it, I was like, I, I, I know you, I was friends with you. <laughs> this, yeah. is, this is my, <laughs> these, these are my weird kids. Um, Shout out say, to the weird kids. I would say less so for me, um, but I would also say it doesn't matter because the movie does a wonderful job of making making that the central point of the movie, like we talked about uh, universality from specificity. Yeah. Um, so it, maybe it didn't necessarily, that aspect of it doesn't speak to me specifically, but it it illustrates it so well that yeah. it doesn't matter. It speaks to you as verisimilitude, right. um, which is what it's there for ultimately. And it's just great. If you can tap into that verisimilitude, it's awesome. So there are so many movies that I've seen that are about specific cultures so removed from my own that because they feel so so well presented i'm like oh, right. i get it um so the various military is the point but yes when it when it correlates with your own lived experience boy does it rule yeah absolutely uh the northman i adored the witch and the lighthouse to a fantastic degree and i was i was so excited to get to this episode i do find that the lighthouse really worked for me in a hypnotic fashion especially in how the horror penetrated in a creeping paranoid way almost affecting me the same way the works of junji ito do in their approach to eldritch nice. and supernatural horror this lighthouse is my lighthouse it was made for me <laughs> i think that's a that's a good comparison i hadn't necessarily thought of that myself but i think it's very true 
Um, it really feels as though I'm being targeted myself for engaging with the main characters, if that makes sense. I think it does. Mm. I would definitely say I'm interested to see if Edgar's interest in persecution carries through here as successfully as it did in prior works. I, I have learned that I have no idea what you think of it. I have been so surprised by every response. Right. People I thought would love it have hated it. People I thought would hate it and love it. I, it it's such a it's weirdly divisive yeah. movie. For I'll be honest, I think it's quite a bland film. Um, I'm surprised <laughs> it's as divisive as it is because I just don't think there's much there to be divided on. But um, question. <laughs> this is only related in the most wildly tenuous sense, but yes. what major horror film has had the most beneficial or the most damaging ripple effects for the genre in recent years? I'm tempted to peg the Purge films as the most damaging, but even then, I think that's riding off lasting waves from the Saw franchise. Um, I'm interested to hear what you think. I actually I have like I, three answers. I know I what went, you're going to say. I went specifically I I for the most damaging. I was interested in kind of looking through and seeing what I thought. I think Can that I guess what you're going to say. Okay, go for it. You're going to say Blair Witch, aren't you? You're going to say Blair Witch. No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. Um, I, I really don't like Blair Witch. I don't like found footage, but I don't think that found footage is so ubiquitous that it's been yeah. necessarily a problem for the, the the genre as a whole. I think for me, and it's not a specific movie, but I think that the most damaging thing in recent years has just been the slew of terrible remakes of things and trying to yeah. revitalize franchises with absolutely no personality. Um, I had kind of a list here, but like, I mean, the this year's Texas Chainsaw notwithstanding, but the the other 2010s Texas Chainsaw movies, the 3D and Leatherface. Um, yeah. The Nightmare on Elm Street movie is probably the worst in the whole franchise. Um, the new Predator movie is terrible. I don't like the Evil Dead remake. I know a lot of people do. It's not okay. a fan. Um, the Thing remake. It, they're it. just, yeah. They're, Did you know that good. Thing remake? I learned this recently. I didn't know. You probably do know this because you're more to decide that they made the entire movie of Practicals mm -hmm. yeah. and then were told to redo it with CG and they got rid of that thing. Yeah, That's there's behind-the-scene footage where they you can see the practical effects and the actual things that they built and it looks great and it's covered up in the movie by garbage and it looks yeah. terrible. I'm sure the movie would, was, still would have been flawed because it's in the same like script yeah. structure, but at least it would be um, like an interesting flaw. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a good movie. The only interesting thing is that they not tie so. it directly to the beginning of the original movie at the was end. The dog? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. No, that's actually the that, that's the only good thing about it. Um, but the rest is bad, and I would not recommend watching it. <laughs> um, um, it's a great question because there's so many answers. Because I feel there are yeah. so many like regressive horror trends. Um, hmm, I've got quite a few that I can think of that kind of like starts things I don't like. I'm gonna say Paranormal Activity is a huge one for me because I feel like that kind of like ushered in like what people thought the horror was. And I feel that film is so boring so bad and so terrible uh, it actually reminded me of your review of um multiverse of madness my review of productivity is like a one star i hate this movie review right not because the movie's that bad but it's like i hate what this stands for yeah. i hate what this ushered in and like now with the way i'm like no i just no right like, it's just such a nothing pointless movie of just like cynical horror trash again i, I reference this later i reference i reference this on another podcast already jesus christ but <laughs> so i went to see in the mouth of madness for my stag do because we got i got we got to hire out a cinema screen and we got to pick a film i nominated five films and they could only show two of them which are the two english language ones <laughs> make sense it turns out they won't show they won't show yo jimbo turns out um, interesting or godzilla um, it's what i had the rights to i guess so they said long goodbye or enough madness is like as much as i love long goodbye madness is a much more fun movie and my great friend johnny obviously great friend because he was there was a bit trepidatious about this because he's yeah. not a horror film person and he sat next to me during the whole thing and he turns to me half an hour in and went this is really funny. Is it supposed to be funny? I was like, it sure is. Yes. 
because I feel that people don't get what horror is. They think that horror is all like creepy all right. the time. That's a type of horror is to be scary, but the genre has gone beyond what the literal word means. Like it's about genre satisfaction and being funny through horror imagery is a whole thing you can do. And I think paranormal activity and its ilk have spoiled what it is. Yes. I kind of want to say Saw, but I think the first Saw film is fine. So I, I like, like the first Saw movie a lot, actually. Yeah, I think um. it's, it's, it's ultimately <laughs> quite good. Um, so, and actually, I'm going to say um, Eli Roth as a human being. <laughs> That's totally fair. Like everything that he has wrought on this yeah. world, I just <laughs> Eli Roth is get excited is for the Robert. Borderlands movie. Eli Roth and I'm going to say Robert Zombie are the issues. Oh yeah, absolutely. The, the twin issues of horror. Um, yeah, like, yeah. I think um, the specific issues I'm going to say are hostile because um, I think Saw isn't the issue. I think hostile is the issue. And yeah, I Devil's think that's Rejects. much worse. Yeah, those two films I think have a lot to answer for for the state of a lot of horror movies and and. The reason I say that is I know this one's have defenders, and that's my point. Right. People really like them. I think they're atrocious. So therefore, it's good that you like them. It's good that people like things that are not ultimately harmful. But actually, though, I think Hostel is harmful. I think Hostel is very like europhobic in a very taken way. Yeah. Welcome to weird Eastern European country where right. we traffic and it's disgusting. I think there is a general thing. And also Kevin Fever is quite like I just yeah, Eli Roth is is trash, makes trash movies. Seems like a bad human being. Like he made a Pastiche and kind of yeah. a holocaust. Who does that? Um, yeah, it's a good point. Um, but Borderlands coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> coming soon. Um, beneficial, since we've been very negative in terms of response to this question. What do you think is who is lifting up the genre? You know, like like what's what's the future of it? I mean, I think that an easy answer is to say, in you know, in terms of this question, is to say people like Robert Eggers and you know Ari Aster, who are like these these people who have become sort of pillars of modern horror agree with them or not like I think that they're doing interesting things in that space and they are good directors that people can look at you know and and anticipate their their movies and look forward to that stuff yes and no um okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I agree but I feel that's falling in like my most interesting kind of like horror thing going forward I think the easy answer is Jordan Peele uh, which we've talked about a lot another great answer because yeah. Jordan Jordan Peele carries this huge burden of it just reflects how homogenous the horror market is um my it's a shame that this is why you know this happens with being off the dome i'm going to say i don't know the names of these directors and i should um whoever directed under the shadow um which is an amazing movie people like that of like from different backgrounds or different identities making like yeah. really fascinating different iconography horror um jennifer kent um, for example, Karen Kasama, for example, like oh, yeah. great answer. I love differently Kasama. doing more interesting stuff. So I, I I do agree with you. Like Eggers, Aster, I like, but I feel that they're continuing a lineage that I is fine that exists, but it's not the most interesting thing. Looking forwards to me, I also think Aster's stuff outside of his feature films is bad. Um, uh, I, yes, I would agree with like, that. Legitimately bad. I, he's got at least one short that I think is atrocious, um, like problematically atrocious. So I'm tepid on him as an overall net gain to horror, though I think his two films are excellent. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I think it's, it's, for me, it's the plurality of voices that's being pushed up. I would watch a film like Horror Noir on Shudder that goes into this like, this great kind of like backdrop of like black horror over time. And right. though I think Nia DaCosta's Candyman isn't very good, I think it's, it's a good exists. show of it's 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 very well directed. Yeah. And I think people like that are our future going forwards, hopefully. And I know you disagree. Okay. Though actually maybe you didn't disagree, because <laughs> I think they don't like the film, but we're all going to the world's fair for me is yes, indicative, I, I... maybe not in content, 
but yeah. of where I want the genre to be going in terms of what different people are making movies and making it about themselves and about their communities right. in a specific way. And and to be fair, I watched that movie. I didn't connect to it at all. I don't think it's very good, but that doesn't, it, I definitely don't think that that means that it, you know, shouldn't yeah. exist or that it's, I, I think that what it stands for is great. And I think that that stuff should exist because obviously it's resonated with so many people and it didn't connect with me in any way, but I'm glad that so many other people can watch that movie and really see what the director is trying to say with it. And that's great. And that's awesome. That's, that's what, you know, cinema should be. Um, yeah, so, so even so though it's not me, a movie for me, for other people, James, I'm glad that it James exists. James yeah. um, who had a, a great tweet recently about that, they slash them movie, which I right. It's a, it's a good joke of a title, they slash them, because they slash them, I get it, uh, of that thing of being like, commodification of identities, yeah. by people, not of identities, but like, I'm so skeptical, that, that film is going to have to be very, very good to get over my yeah. um, no, core cool premise, um, and... which again proves that people like them are much more important to the future of horror. Yeah. Um, and we spent a lot of the time on this question, but it's a fun question to answer. Yeah. Um, I will say final answer here. Uh, this is a very Calvin answer that I'm going to give because of what I watched last night. But I think Christopher Landon is doing great things for horror because he's making really fun, light horror movies. He made the Happy Death Day movies. Oh, yeah. And Freaky. Like, who is that? Um, um, yeah. No, I, I, I think those movies are so much fun. They are just they're like what horror should be, which is fresh I like and original. I've not seen To You, but Death Day is I think To You is better than the first one. Wow, um, okay. Yeah, um, but they're fresh and they're original and they're playing with new ideas. They don't right. have to exist in all these other franchises that already exist. And I think that's what we need more of is stuff that's just a lot of fun um, in that horror space. So I hope that we see more like that. Yeah, this is a guy called David Cronenberg that's got a new movie coming out. He looks <laughs> like he could be the future of horror. I hear it's the new sex. So like David Cronenberg. <laughs> wonder if they're related brandon cronenberg also doing great things for horror yeah i, I know this joke is bad i make it again i was so expecting well, i wasn't expecting but i was so hoping the trailer for um, crimes of the future to be like from the father of <laughs> director brandon cronenberg um couple of bonus questions at the end here i'm apparently writing this before the sonic episode to sonic 2 mm -hmm. episode comes out and now it's out but after it, it was recorded i just wanted to wanted to know that i'm one of those Wait, am I reading this correctly? I just wanted to know I'm that one I'm one of those human beings that have kissed Sonic <laughs> the Hedgehog. I'm one of the human women that has kissed Sonic. <laughs> I'm one of those people who had the pleasure of Sonic being my last theater watch before the pandemic, and I definitely do not hold any ill will about that whatsoever or in any way at all. Yeah, mine was background uh, yeah. on your face. Like, you know. Uh, again, mine was bloodshot. Terrible fire. <laughs> those are much better yeah. um, to have ended with. Um, okay, uh, let's go on. We have a question from Kev. Thank you Low for the punch of choice. I'm going to slight David on every episode now. I'll have to say his name was generic. Oh, don't worry. You'll have a chance. We've got an email from David too. Yeah. Um, where does punch the Doctor top. Strange versus Space Squid land on a ranking of all the NYC battles in the MCU? Uh, I didn't like it. I mean, I didn't like the whole movie and yeah, the eye part was cool, I guess. Yeah, uh, that was cool. It's a lot of nice. like a guinea pig movie. I just, and, and I mean, it's my own problem. It's just like, I feel like to an extent I checked out pretty early. I just like felt like very quickly. I was like, Oh, this is just not, not what I want it to be. Um, and it never got there. Um, but you know, when that, that whole sequence happened and I was like, all right, this is what's fine. Up against? But, I don't know. Yeah. Like, what, what's, what's challenging um, it? I actually mm -hmm. had to, had to kind of look through um, because off the top of my head, I definitely didn't have answers. And I don't yeah. know if this is all of them, but what I have here is obviously the, 
um, climactic battle in the first Avengers movie, the which is known as the Battle of New York. Oh, that's um, cool. It's got the things, the big giant yeah. snake thing in the sky. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, there's some cool stuff in there. Um, also, uh, Iron Man fights. Nobody, I'm sure, remembers these guys' names, but fights, fights a um, version of himself. I guess that's all the evidence. <laughs> no. um, fights Ebony Ma and Cole Obsidian. Ridiculous names, but that's an Infinity War at the beginning. Uh, they're like Thanos's minions. Uh, those dudes come into New York, and uh, Iron Man fights them. Yeah, Infinity War, famously a movie I walked out of in the cinema. Oh, that's true. You would, I'm sure you would have seen that. It's very yeah, early I, I, in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I waited for Black Panther to turn off and that left. Um. And then the Coney Island fight between Spider-Man and Vulture in Homecoming at the very end. Um, I would probably say the original battle in the original Avengers is probably the most interesting um, out of all of those. As always, I'm thinking of like, what's my fun troll answer? Because um, that's, <laughs> that's the thing. I'm going to say um, Fantastic for Rise of the Silver Surfer fighting the cloud that is Galactus. Of course, you would go with Fantastic Four. The movie that got applause when I saw it. That's not a thing that happens in this country. I found myself applauding because applause apparently is infectious. And then thought, no, what am I doing? The movie sucked. I remember seeing that movie for like a friend's birthday. Um, I don't remember it being a date. Um, Yeah, bad times. Um, Not as successful as that time where I used Old Boy as a date movie. Much more successful. (laughs) Which Old Boy? Oh, old boy, old boy, old boy. Okay. Old boy, old boy. <laughs> Had to make sure. I'm still with that person. There you go. Okay, there you go. That was that was our second date. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I was like, old boy's playing. It's not a movie you've seen. It's really, really good. <laughs> wow. Well, that's, I mean, that's really the perfect barometer to know about yeah. Stephen. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, our email from David. Uh, happy 11th of May, spoilers. Uh, that's not when we're recording this, but that's when this email was sent. Hope the movie gods have been blessing you since we last talked. Since you've chosen to discuss the latest Marvel movie this week, I'm guessing they most definitely haven't. But so long as it engenders the riveting discussion as your Eternals episode, I'm (laughs) as fuck. As so long as it engenders a riveting as riveting a discussion as your Eternals episode did, I'm sure we, the listeners, can at least benefit. These punches right well. <laughs> I don't believe Vaughn ever followed through on my question regarding the 70s buddy cop film from my first inquiry. We did. You sent this before Sonic came out, but yeah. Steven, we even did give a great answer. I made to him my do question. it. <laughs> um, Steven, with the inevitable Marvel I... versus Shakespeare crossover event. <laughs> Why is everyone always asking me Shakespeare questions? <laughs> Who would be the what best replacement character in each respective universe? I was sorry. I was too busy cracking those <laughs> jokes that I, I spoke over the question. With the inevitable Marvel versus Shakespeare crossover event okay. quickly approaching, who would be the best replacement character in each respective universe? So am I, I was swapping out people for people? Okay. Um, hmm. 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 Um, oh god, this is just like I don't know enough Marvel stuff for this. Um, obviously, Doctor Strange um, should be in the Tempest. Um, Doctor Strange should be Prospero in The Tempest because The Tempest sucks and he sucks and he is a wizard. So that will work very, very nicely. Um, Tilda Swinton was cast in a racist way, so therefore she can be in Othello because that's racist. Or Merchant of Venice because that's also racist. So that gives you two racist players to play with. Um, Hamlet, I presume Tom Hiddleston has played Hamlet at some point, so <laughs> therefore have Loki, why not? Um, Loki is Rosencrantz or Guildenstern, I don't care, any of the above. Um, I think it's more fun to go the other way. Um, Hmm. Um, foul stuff. Just put full stuff in all of them. All of them. Every every movie. Every movie. Every single one. 
I just want someone to keep like a running tally of how many random episodes that you end up talking about how much you hate the Tempest. Cause I think this is maybe the <laughs> third one. <laughs> Awful. I really hate the Tempest. Everything goes back to hating the Tempest. Okay. A uh, question for me, Mary fuck kill Bruce Campbell, nope. Ted Raimi, the sentient deer head from evil dead too. <laughs> Um, I think this is pretty easy, to be honest with you. Uh, definitely, oh, <laughs> yes, uh, definitely killing the deer head. Uh, I'll fuck Ted Raimi and marry Bruce Campbell. Nice. Nice. Um, okay. Steven, cool. what's the strangest oh. moment from any Sam Raimi film? Oh, well, there's an, there's an obvious answer that I, I will avoid um, because those things don't. I would say the strangest moment is him making a Doctor Strange movie. He's the doctor of strangeness. That's that's a cop-out answer. Um, hmm. Um, I just I expect Sam Raimi to be strange. So it's, it's very, very difficult um to do so. Hmm. Um I think maybe like the <laughs> the branding, the supermarket branding in Army of Darkness, um, the S-Mart stuff is, <laughs> is strange as hell. That's really cool. And He's a strange dude. He's a strange dude. Um, I don't know. I feel I should have a better answer, but I don't. Uh, like everything about... Him being in Miller's Crossing. Him being in Miller's Crossing. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Not a Sam Raimi film. It's the strangest It moment. is a Sam Raimi film. Who's in it? Well, you know what? You got me. I can't argue with that. All right. Vaughn, is it true that Stephen acted as Paul Bettany's stand-in on WandaVision? If not, which yes. Marvel character does he most resemble? Uh, it is true. He was the stand-in for uh, Vision's Second Vision. evil twin. Vision. Right. The Vision. So when Generally, they kept calling him The Vision. I was like, I thought his name was Vision. And then it turns out that was foreshadowing. And I was like, oh, God, I hate this. <sighs> so stupid. Uh, yeah, Stephen played um, alternate Vision at the end in the final scene in that the worst episode um, and yeah, had yeah, to fight yeah. Paul Bettany. So... You can let us know about how that experience was. There's an easy answer for who I'd be in the Marvel Universe. Oh, yeah? Stephen Strange. Well, that's the lame answer. It's, and also it's, you it's an easy answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm irritating. <laughs> and my name is Stephen. <laughs> I will say you don't resemble him. <laughs> um, okay. Final okay. question for both of you. What is the most memorable theater experience you've had to date? Well, I'm not going to tell the raw story again, so... <laughs> How many podcasts has that been on? Several in this yeah, one, and so, maybe in different different podcasts so many, as well. So many, so many. Hmm. Uh, well, what do you think? I do have an answer for this. Cool. Um, I would say um, we used to. It's very unfortunate. We used to have a theater in Seattle called the Cinerama. It's a huge theater. They had great programming. They would do like themed runs basically um, all the time. And then, unfortunately. They had started closing for renovations and then pandemic hit and now they are just closed indefinitely, which is super unfortunate because it's a wonderful theater or was a wonderful theater, I should say. But anyway, when I first started really getting into watching movies more regularly and, and, and getting into it as more of an experience and I started looking at opportunities to go to see things like that, go to theaters like that, um, Cinerama was showing The Matrix um, and... Cool. I hadn't before that point, I had never like seen something like that, like a movie that I loved on like yeah. the big screen. So I was like, oh, I have to go see the matrix on the big screen. Um, and so I went and saw the matrix and it was just like, so cool to be in that theater with tons of other people who are huge fans of this movie that I already, you know, loved so much. 
And so seeing that was just such a cool experience That's and uh, it was awesome. And that was like, kind of really gave me that, that ready to go to like, now I'm just going to start really getting into movies more and, and, and jump into that. And that was actually the first movie that um, I reviewed on Letterboxd was that's my awesome. my viewing of the Matrix uh, in the theaters. So that was a lot of fun. And that's probably the the thing I look back on most fondly because it really got yeah. me into this. Um, yeah, I've got so many like potential answers, but I have thought of the actual one. So there's things like when I first got to see um, A Razor Head at a cinema was amazing because that was like my established favorite movie. And therefore we got to see it. It was just like, oh my God, it still is. It's incredible. <laughs> um, obviously I have fond memories of seeing as alluded to earlier, um, old boy in the cinema for the obvious reason of now engaged to that person, about to get married to that person. So therefore, <laughs> that was very formative, very, 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 very important. Um, obviously, Mouth of Madness with my some of my best friends in the world. That was incredible. But the best, probably, similar experience is when I went to a cave. Um, so an outdoor cinema in an actual cave. We watched The Descent and it was just oh. incredible <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> i love that movie so much but being in like this like amazing cavern with like oh, amazing cool. just like yeah. sound bouncing around it being dark watching the sand in the cave was just i love that movie more than most people i just think it's just absolutely incredible and cool. that only made it better oh absolutely brilliant that's great i love that uh we got some questions from matt thank you for writing <gasps> in <laughs> i know are, these are great questions <laughs> Just, I'm already yeah, laughing would, because they're they so great. Be. Questions for spoiling things. One, what is the favorite soup of each host? <laughs> Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Mushroom. Um, I'll say I'm not a huge soup fan. I don't love soup that much. Really? Um, well, I, I've not got a podcast for you. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't into movies? <laughs> yeah, a little more into movies than soup. More into movies. Um, um, I'd say I guess like ramen, a, really, really ramen. Um, as much yeah. as that's a cop out answer, really ramen. A, a cop out answer, but a good answer because that's probably the only soup that I actively seek out on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. Um, what or, do you think? What do you think Doctor trippers. Strange's favorite soup is? Does this change crap. depending on which universe we're in? Gazpacho, because he's tepid. Uh, and no, it doesn't change because nothing changes depending on minestrone because it's just stuff and nobody knows what it is. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, it doesn't change. It just looks different yeah it's the same yeah, soup yeah. every time yeah um <laughs> yeah that 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 pop-up campbell soup thing where it's just the same in different colors that's actually know. strange that's, it's the andy warhol campbell multiverse soup. of madness <laughs> <laughs> that actually pop-up is just one of the madness like this time it's pink You're right oh, great absolutely true uh what kind of soup do you think thanos is making an end game <laughs> <laughs> There's a theme here. <laughs> stop, making, <laughs> nah, stop making jokes before people. <laughs> That's what the podcast it. I is. Love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. We're recognizing how many lessons <laughs> we have, and I appreciate it. Narrow casting. Mm. Um, he was making soup, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like your a... question's too funny. I can't give a funny answer. <laughs> you're a too funny question. Seems um, like it would have been some kind of stew, I think. Seems like a thing so, like... Because he only cares about him. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Um, all right, give thoughts. Chewing on something. Um, <laughs> give thoughts on which cereals would be best suited for advertising specific Marvel characters in what game? What the game? On don't the they already the exist, Matt? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty so sure they do. Portal exist, O's. Though. Portal O's because every Marvel movie ends with a portal, so it's just Cheerios. It's oh, just man. running Cheerios. You're right. Yeah, Cheerios because they're just portals, and they're like. So Look, Doctor it's, Strange it's, would it's, be the Cheerios mascot. They're called Third Act. It's called Third Act cereal, <laughs> and it's the third act of every Marvel movie ever. 
Okay, perfect. Uh, and you have a maze, and it's the same on every single box. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, and the different multiverse versions, multi grade, multi grade, multi multi grade madness. <laughs> oh man, thank you, Matt, for those questions. They were fantastic. Um, okay, questions from Alex. Hey. Seeing as how Marvel films can only make money now by baiting cameos and nostalgia, the yeah. time seems perfect for the president of the oceans of Earth, James Cameron, to emerge from his underwater dome city off the coast of New Zealand to show us how magical CGI sweat droplets on a blue alien's brow will look after having been rendered for no less than 10 years on 5,000 oh, supercomputers awesome. under the sea. So, <laughs> so much. Can Avatar 2, The Way of Water, deliver? The, the trailer the trailer for avatar 2 bad in my this opinion is not, this is our this is our bonus i'm thinking this one of things episode the travel the trailer for <laughs> i don't i know calvin calvin i you're gonna call me out for being like i run an experiment um because occasionally okay. i experiment using the resource that is children um <laughs> which is um when i was teaching year seven so year sevens are 11 year olds if i was teaching them in a multiverse i like to ask them one have you heard of avatar two right. have you seen it <laughs> because i'm so fascinated in like the cultural legacy and it is diminishing diminishing down to no um okay what do i remember from avatar these are things i remember um the guy sully jake yep. sully jake that's sully and there's a bit where a mech pulls out a knife and that's the best bit of the yes. movie um and the same way that they have sex is the same way that they ride animals, which I always thought was unsettling. A little weird, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, the trailer for this Avatar movie, I, I don't like Avatar very much. I Ooh. still think it looks bad and get that it's technically impressive, but it looks fake, right? Like no one thinks this looks real or good. I, yeah, I mean- It looks fake and stupid. I don't like the art. I, I was talking- boring. My wife and I were talking about it after the movie because obviously it's like the big thing. It's like, oh, see Doctor Strange, you know, get the Avatar trailer. I mean, who cares really? You know, it's like so you it came on crackdown for the Halo Three beta. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so it came on, and I'm I'm watching it, and like, sure, technically, it's impressive, but I'm I'm looking at it, and I'm like, this, even though it's technically impressive, it's still ugly because the design is ugly. The the Navi yeah. are not well designed. They're not interesting to look at, and so it's still Navi. Yeah, even though technically cool, you've made this whole world covered in water and it looks good, but I don't want to look at the characters because the characters are ugly and they're poorly designed. And I'm not yeah. excited for this movie because oh, yes. And you love James Cameron more than I do. Like you're a huge James Cameron. Fan. <laughs> I do like James Cameron a lot. When James Cameron is good, he's amazing. I, I, I mean, I, I think he's a fantastic filmmaker again, when he's doing great stuff. I love but... submarines. Um, he does love submarines. I watched The Abyss recently and I was like, I understand why he went to the bottom of the ocean after making this movie. Um, but yeah, I don't like Avatar and I am not interested yeah. very much in Avatar. The trailer looks really boring. It's just loads of just like just Vista shots and then someone says some lines at the end that I'm like, this movie's going to suck. Um, it it reminds me because I'm, I'm a collection of just five repeating references. That's just time as a person. <laughs> it reminds me of when GameSpot.com used to get up the awards for best graphics, technical and best graphics, artistic. And I feel like Avatar is like the, yeah. yes, it's technically very good looking, I guess. There's a reason Giant Bomber is like, no, best looking game, who cares? Um, yeah, the CG is good. But all those films that you like, looks in five years time, it'll look bad. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I think it's going to be the, pretty much the same thing as the the first movie. Although I don't think that, th th I mean, like you said, like you're asking kids if they have even heard of Avatar, and I assume that generally the answer is probably no, no because they go what the anime, right? Like, no, shut up. 
I just don't think that there's any way that this has the same, anywhere close to the same impact that the original movie did. Emma made a great point of like, they've left it so long that it went through the stage of people were like, well, it's been too long, but now right. it's been so long. They're like, oh my God, let's bring yeah. this back. So I think they may have left it so long. They're actually at the, wow, I can't believe it's been so long crowds. They might actually pull it off. Which they might pull off for this movie, but then when yes. they continue with the plan of three yeah, more yeah. after it, way of like every year or something, it's just like, it's not, What's the interest in Avatar so yeah. much that there needs to be five of these movies? No, um, I'm not Shyamalan already made the best one. So. Yeah, go back to making cool action movies, James Cameron. <laughs> um, so I did skip a couple of small things throughout, so I apologize if I did not get to your question. But in the interest of time, we should move on to our recommendations for this week. Yes. What do we got? So... Um, so I went to the cinema today, um, but I'm not going to recommend this because I'm going to write a review of it for the site where I recommend it. But I went to the new Gaspar Noé movie and obviously Gaspar Noé, famous for being a very talented director that makes bad films. Um, everyone knows that. It's true. It's an accepted <laughs> fact. Um, whereas Climax was great. Um, Vortex is really, really good. It's really, really good. There are a few bits I'm like, oh, Gaspar, go away. Right. Um, but they're very, very minor. It's great. My real recommendation is In the Mouth of Madness, which I rewatched recently. Everyone should absolutely see reasons. that if they have not. And because the movie cribs its title from that, and I'm like, no, go, go, yeah. just go watch In the Mouth of Madness. It's better than you think it is. And it's weirdly underseen for being a, a, a Carpenter movie. Carpenter movie. It's, it's one of his masterpieces. Um, but because it came out a weird time, you know, later film when horror was right. in place, people don't love it as much. But it's absolutely brilliant. Some dated CG because of the time period. Apart from that, masterpiece yeah it's great stuff everyone should watch it um so my recommendation um i watched recently jacques demi's bay of angels fantastic you really do it's that. it's it's wonderful um movie about guy that kind of gets sucked into the world of gambling in uh off the, off the coast of france um and it's just uh it's i mean the first of all the opening shot is like one of the most yeah. beautiful opening shots in anything um but the whole movie is just really amazing and it's a lot of movies like about gambling not necessarily even glorify it but a lot of them don't necessarily get into the the dangers of it and i think this movie does a great job of being awesome about like how the allure of that and how easy it is to start and then how hard it is to escape that that cycle of just like winning and losing and and the despair and the the highs and the lows and it's just fascinating it's a really beautiful movie um so everyone should watch bay of angels Jacques Demy is still one of the kind of like underseen of the French New Wave. Yeah. Um, I think like above people like Romer and Rivette who are like pushed even further down, but because people love Cherbourg so much and love um, Rochefort so much, but even I am guilty of not looking further than that. Although I have seen Donkey Skin, which absolutely rules. Um, but I'm yeah excited to see more Demy because what I've seen is just all, all fantastic. Yeah. I really love everything that I've seen of his. Uh, Lola is also beautiful. Need to see that. Need to yeah. see that. Really great. Have it downstairs. I should watch it. I should just watch yeah, it. Yeah, you should um so yeah thank you everybody for listening you can follow us both on letterboxd i am zebra and you are stevenage uh ph in the middle like dr strange is spelled i don't know i don't, I don't know how to spell something i think his, no name, I think his name is spelled um, differently <laughs> yeah, probably not, not like him um yeah my multiverse steve has got a ph in the middle and then an age at the end there you go uh everyone of course check out the site thetwingeeks.com if you mm -hmm. did not find us through there uh, and then listen to our other podcasts, the Twin Geeks podcast. Uh, do you know what they're uh, what they're looking at right now? What they're working on? I do, but they've not announced it, so I can't say. All right, but I do know. Enough. I Although, do know. By the time this is out, it might be. Though actually, no, on the DD cast, they spoke about it. Um, so listen to the DD cast. There you go. The Dreamcast, because they spoke about it. Because Brogan is is involved 
in what they're doing next. Well, there um, you go. And actually, for the DD cast, because I'll be on the next one. Speaking oh, about that. the PS2 video game, War of the Monsters, which I didn't pick, was picked for me because <laughs> I like the giant monsters. Um, that'll be out before this. Um, I didn't grow up with the game. I didn't like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers for the Daydream cast. I'm bad at video games, and it was from that era when we hadn't worked out how cameras work. So I'm like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, ranking the monsters. Uh, I know we're waiting on you. Were waiting on Calvin to watch some Gamera movies. Yeah, also me to rewatch them. To be fair, I think like that is, uh, which, we are both at fault for that. Which two are up next? Um, so it'll be um, is it Jiger and Zigra that come two and two? Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah, I, uh, so it's it's, right. it's definitely um, Jiger, and then I think it's Zigra afterwards. One of which rules, one of which um, does not. Uh, yeah, Jiger is my favorite of the uh, the show. Pretty cool. So much fun. Communist Gamera. Um, don't let the Motrin cast get you. I understand you guys have a really fun episode coming up. Yeah, Charlie Roxburgh is on it, and he's yeah. amazing. Everyone knows that Matt Farley is just a gift and can just like speak like the best of them, and just like you could make him talk for ninety minutes and it'd be a great listen. But turns out Charlie Roxburgh, who isn't as forward facing, is also right. just he's just just lovely. It's like such awesome. a great presence. Spoke so well, so brilliantly. It was just so great to chat to him for like ninety minutes. Just oh, what a joy! Absolute gift. And great Magic Spot premiered last night. Yes, I'll be watching it later today. Yeah, I was thinking about watching it myself today. Um, and then 808s and Pod, Pod Breaks, I believe they're going to be talking about the new Kendrick album that just released. Yeah, listen to that. Um, <laughs> so yeah. And then I also wanted to um, mention, Jack recently put the Stacks out on podcast platforms. <gasps> so if you have not yes. listened to the Stacks, go listen to the Stacks now on Pod, wherever podcasts are found. Keep watching that because we, 2022 is the year of the Stacks. We're expanding. We're expanding. We're doing stuff. Awesome. We've got one thing in the, if you like Hong Sang Su, we've got one thing going at the moment and more things coming up. Stacks expansion, Stacks takeover, Stacks on Stacks on Stacks on Stacks on Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. On stacks. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you next time. Until then, I'm thinking of ending this podcast. Bye.